Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Silver and Gold! Coming to the ring from parts unknown at a combined weight of 853 pounds, Piccolo and Dr. Zong! Ooh, dude. Sweet misery, silver and gold in your ear holes. I'm the loaf, and with me, Dr. Zahn. What's up? Dig it. Uh, this week on Zishu, we're doing a couple, uh, I guess, were they both westerns? Almost, kind of, somewhat, maybe? We're doing Lone Star from 1996, Little John Sales, and we're going doing uh, Red River, 1948, some Howard Hawks and John Wayne. Yeah. Zom, how are you, sir? I'm doing all right. Uh, making some improvements and uh, like home improvements, life improvements. Oh, dude. Uh oh. Home improvements. Okay, Uh-oh. here's the deal. Okay. Let okay. me tell you something, people. I own this little shack, right? Yeah. 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 So, uh, lots of stuff. People have seen, you know, pictures and commented on my paneling and. In. <laughs> 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 uh, <and>, um, <laughs> Like the upstairs bathroom probably hasn't been well. I, I, you know, new toilet, which I've talked about before, which is one of those handicap ones that sits up real high, <laughs> oblong shape. It's nice. Uh, here lately, though, I've, I've noticed my legs falling asleep sometimes, but uh, and then a new sink, but no, there's no shower, it's just a tub. So I'm doing the bath fitters thing. Ugh. What's the bath fitters? Okay, that's when they come out and they... Oh, like, so like somebody's coming into your house and going to install shit for you. Yeah, well, that's number one. It's supposed to be okay. a one-day affair, which, oh. you know, you know how that works. <laughs> but it's a chunk of change. And after I did it to have the guy come out, and I've already, I have already made up my mind I was going to do it, so he's still trying to... He's giving me the sales pitch. And I said, I don't know how many times, you know, my mom and dad had it done. I'm... I'm in. I'm in for. I'm. 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 You know. And I wanted to go to sleep. And he's like, "Well, I'll tell you why you should go with us." And so, and here's some options. Here's this and that. And I'm like, <laughs> "I'm in. I want to do it." Just you don't have to sell me anything. Me. I've already Keep agreed. Selling me when I've already, you know, expressed <laughs> that I, I'm going to do it. You know. So anyway, then of course after he leaves, I'm like, I start thinking, nobody comes here. Why am I fucking doing this? Why am I spending this money? I have this old shower down in the basement uh, that I use, and nobody's ever here. And so, well, you know, not to but take a shower like, anyway. Well, you know. <laughs> so I'm gonna spend, uh, you know, a few grand on that. And I just it it that tub had a um, it wasn't a drip. 
it started out uh, as a drip, but then it was just like a steady stream, and I was like, "Fuck, I got to get this fixed." Well, that was four hundred and twenty dollars. Steady stream, uh, like onto the floor, or like through into the next into downstairs. No, it was into the into the tub, but I mean, it's just like just you know the water is just basically running all the time. Oh, 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 you mean out of the faucet? I got yeah, you. and I would have to shut. I only had like the the only shutoff valve I have for that tub is is the main shutoff valve for the house in the basement. So. Anyway, I thought I'd get it fixed. Well, three and a half hours, uh, $30 <laughs> charge to drive the truck out, three and a half hours of work at like 80 f- fucking $80, $85 an hour. <laughs> and do their thing. And they're going to change all that. Say it again. Uh, your your sound cut out after eighty five dollars an hour. Yeah. So. Well, I'm basically did I did that, uh, but in like eight weeks, Bath Fitters is going to come out and redo the whole thing. So, but I couldn't no, that... go eight weeks with the water just running like that. So, but it's just that's just another you know four hundred bucks on top of what I'm spending. But so then that's all done. So then I. Um, just did a few other things on a nice note i've been feeding the birds here i buy this big bag of bird seed oh yeah go out and throw it around on the you know in the lawn and everything and i've have all i have like a, a, a lots of sparrows now and i like watching them i think it's fun to watch them do you um do you have any bird feeders i had two bird feeders that i put up a few years ago and i would always put food in them and then i hadn't done it for a while and I thought, well, you know, we get some bird seed and put it in those bird feeders. Blah 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 blah. Well, I went out. All right, little technical hiccup. So, uh, you were with bird feeders and you went out. Well, bird feeders. I hadn't put anything in them in a while, and instead of just taking them down, I left them hanging over the winter and stuff. And um, oh, they get dry rotted. Oh, it was totally. As soon as I touched it, it was like a potato chip. It just, it just <laughs> fell apart. <laughs> Uh, I had one that was nice. It was I put cement in the ground. It was on a pole. It was made out of metal, and it was um, had a little bar on it that uh, if a, a squirrel or something got on it, it would just close a flap over the hmm. over the seeds. You know, okay. There's some TV show or something coming out. And I think it's based on um, some kind of novel where like the animals. It's like um, oh, what was the not chariots of the gods, but there was some some old book book. Back in the old days, Look. about like uh, animals and stuff taking back over the earth. Well, I think this new one's, I don't think it's called Zoo. It might be called Zoo. I can't remember. But I was driving home this morning, and within three feet of each other, just right there on the road was a rabbit, a squirrel, and a chipmunk. And then I've seen, I don't know how many, ra- uh, I saw, I don't know how many squirrels coming home. Lots of animals out, you know. I don't know. You know what I wonder? You know, hey, you know what I think about sometimes? <laughs> <laughs> it, I, I, to me, it's like, the, you know, you have a certain generation of, of uh, people that hunt and that still hunt. But I think, like, probably the population of, of those people is declining. Because, you know, kids stay inside, play video games, blah, 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 blah. Uh, live in more... Yeah, and all of our food is fucking processed. Right. Which, you know, ugh, I was watching something about these chickens and all, and how, you know, the eggs and how they de beak chickens and cows and 
and not, they don't de-beak cows, mind you. <laughs> they probably just de-hoof them. But, let so them, now here let lately, them walk around on their bloody stumps I've all day. I've been eating, like I'm eating a cheese sandwich right now and some rice, <laughs> and I, I've really kind of, uh, ugh, I just, uh, you know, I'll eat peanut butter for protein. and you know, I don't know. I'm, I, I don't know. Chickpeas, baby. Chickpeas are good. I like I like uh, I like all kinds of stuff, but I just I, I hate how they you know just torture these animals. It's like yeah. sickening. It kind of makes it hard to sit there and chew on a fucking cow when uh, you see him out there playing and you know doing all kinds of walking stuff. walking like a thousand miles up the Chisholm Trail. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. That's abuse. <laughs> John Wayne being a fucker. Um, God, what a fucker. So we'll anyway, <laughs> I got like home improvements. I had this indoor outdoor carpet stuff on my, I have a little front porch and then I have a side porch, which is big, which basically the dogs live on. Cause I never go outside, but I had like this <laughs> AstroTurf stuff on it and it's all worn out. And, um, so I finally tore that off. Cause when the bath fitter guy came out, I was embarrassed at how it looked. <laughs> So I tore that up and everything, and uh, it looks shabby chic now because nice. it's like the paint underneath is all shabby. But I need to I need That's to chic. do something about that. I don't care. I don't care. I just get a wild yeah. hair every once in a while, and then I regret it. I just realized as I'm packing my shit up that uh, I have a uh, a, sh- a shower in this place that has never been used. Mm. Not by me. I've been here a year, and I've never even turned the water on in it except mm. to see if it worked. <laughs> and I'm moving. So. Yeah. So yeah, that's what I've been doing is packing shit up. And, yeah, it, I hate did, it. Did you ditch any more shit this time? Not yet. Um, <laughs> as I'm packing, I'm basically leaving the shit there that I know is not going to make the move. Yeah. Uh, so I was just I'll, wondering if if the more times you move, like you're just going to get less and less and less. Oh, shit. it's definitely happening because <laughs> I got rid of so much last time. And I feel sorry for whoever the recycling guy was in my old place because by the end I was just getting pissed and just cramming shit in there that had no business being in the recycle bin. <laughs> I probably should have taken it to a dump somewhere, but I was just like, fuck it. Um, Sit down on the curb and fucking say free. People will come and take it. They want You don't have to throw it away. I can do that here at my old place. I couldn't do that. Yeah. yeah. That, that was like a snobby place. Well, it didn't really have much of a curb either. Like, like three people would see it. Don't even put it in a bag. Just throw it out in the lawn. <laughs> yeah, just throw it in the middle of the road. Somebody will stop, annoyed. Ooh, I kind of need a thirty-year-old Mac. Look at all these boxes for DVDs. <laughs> that did make it to the dump. Yeah. Um, other than that, it's been a lot of nothing. Yeah. yeah. You know what? Sometimes is is. Lucas Jackson said, "Sometimes nothing can be a pretty cool hand." Not too bad. Yeah. So, what have you been watching this week? Fuck! Oh, there it is. <laughs> Looked around. I'm like, I just read up. What's going on? Where are my notes? Uh, I got a notebook here, which I didn't finish doing anything. So I'll just I'll just go through. So yeah, there's a few things. Yeah. Um, I watched a documentary on Netflix called "All This Mayhem." And it's about these two brothers from Australia. I can't say it like uh, they do. I'll just say Australia. Australia. Um, Now, I like that uh, one uh, documentary, Gator, about uh, Gator Rogowski, the skateboarder who brutally raped and murdered a chick who was during the Tony Hawk era. 
and they have all those talking heads on there. Well, this is sort of like the same thing. These two lads, these two brothers from Australia, um, were very good uh, professional skateboarders, and they did all the vert stuff and everything uh, in uh, X Games. Fucking hate Tony Hawk, which is funny. Because, uh, you know, a documentary can make you feel whatever they want you to feel and it's from their perspective and they thought he was a dick and some of the stuff they showed made me think he was a dick (laughs) Uh, but it's pretty good Um, we'll see and it's uh, you know it's not it's not like a happy thing (laughs) that's all I'll say about that Um, iTunes had some 99 cent uh, documentaries this week yes they did Rise and Fall of the Clash which was it was good as far as um you know finding out why they kind of, why they kind of collapsed and what happened um but um i have seen well you know when you said that some of these like documentaries like the one about um oh jesus christ what's the who's the group that you like that kim deals in? <laughs> the pixies <laughs> Sorry, I wasn't mocking you. No, I know. Uh, but you know how you said you know how they hate each other. In this yeah, one? yeah, yeah. That's kind of how this one was. It was a lot of a lot of hate, bickering. Uh, yeah, and the Pixies yeah. are touring right now, so I'm curious what that what's going on with that. Well, I don't think Kim is teal is with the Miss. She, I think oh, she, I don't know. She, yeah, I don't maybe. think she is. I, I thought she. I read somewhere recently that she wasn't going to or something. I don't know. But anyway. Kidnapping Sequestro. This was a documentary about uh, kidnappings in Latin America where um, apparently uh, like the Soviet Union um, used to finance a lot of the uh, left-wing groups in these Latin American countries uh, to fight the government. Well, then when it fell, they weren't getting the money, so... They started doing this kidnapping thing where, you know, hey, they kidnap people and then ask for 10000 or 15000 or whatever, blah, 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 blah. And they have a squad. It's kind of like, um, oh, like, you know, elite the, the movie Elite Squad. Mm-hmm. They kind of have like a, a squad of um, police that uh, just deal with the kidnappings. And it was it was good. There was some sad stuff in it. There was some some you know, good stuff. You had the good and the bad, but oh god, it was just. Um, let's see. I watched again. I bought this one. I didn't even just uh, run it. I bought uh, Hero Dreams of Sushi, uh, which we've talked about before. It's excellent. Yeah. Uh, Narco Cultura, which um, it talks about uh, a lot of the stuff that Conan talks about. How um, goddamn hair my nose um, in Juarez. Uh, uh, how uh, in Mexico, when the new uh, government took over and decided to work with America on uh, a drug war instead of, you know, kind of letting the cartels do whatever they want, started all this violence in uh, Mexico. And uh, I think it was um, like in right across the border in Texas, it wasn't San Antonio, I'm trying to think where it was, but the, the, the town right across the border uh, – in Texas, had like five murders in, you know, like uh, one year, and um, right across the border in Juarez, they had like thirty thousand. It went, it went from like um, 
1,000, it just progressively went up. 1,000, 2,000, 3,000. And I mean, you know, it's just it's this ridiculous number. Jesus. Um, and, uh, so, and, and then they kind of had like a, uh, they focused on uh, another part of the documentary they focused on. It would be like when um, we were having all the gang wars with the Bloods and the Crips mm-hmm. in um, America. And then you started seeing a lot of, uh, you know, gangsta rap. Well, they have that down in um, Mexico uh, with some of these groups uh, that uh, they they um, glamorize the drug kingpins, and their songs are about like you know smack or draw, you know uh, putting a cap in somebody's ass and wearing your bulletproof vest and blah 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 blah. Um, I think it's you know it's kind of stupid, but then you start thinking, well, hell, we did the same thing here, so well, yeah. Uh, das Boot uh, with Jürgen Pragnau. I watched that again. Um, very good. Uh, I will say this. It's one of those ones that um, they have different audio tracks, and one of them is in English, but uh, Jürgen Pragnau does uh, his own uh, dubbing. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like, because I was watching it one time, and I thought, I thought this was in English, you know, because I know what he sounds like, and it's him. I still, I still have never seen this because oh, the the runtime has always made me turn away. So oh, I know, I did, you know, it's a classic. But. Um, Killer Elite with uh, Statham and Clive Owen, Robert De Niro. Uh, what's that guy's name? Dominic that's, Purcell. That's a rewatch for you, right? Yeah, rewatch. I did a uh, Death Race Killer Elite double feature with some of my friends. Um, and I know you'll have something to say about this because uh, the other choice was Hot Tub Time Machine and some <laughs> this new Jeff Bridges, yeah, uh, like uh, thing, sword and whatever thing where he has the mush mouth and swords. And my friend Greg watched uh, those and he didn't think they were very good. We watched Death Race and Killer Elite and got boners and jacked off all over ourselves. Those are both really good. State <laughs> is awesome. Uh, those are good fucking movies. <laughs> Death Race was pretty good. I watched that on yeah. I watched that on cable TV with Nick with edited, and it was still pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, Black Sea with Jude Law. I almost watched that one. I almost pulled the trigger. Another sub movie. It was all right. I mean, it's not like you know. Yeah, I've, it's not I, boot. <laughs> I saw that the IMDb was like six, and I'm yeah. like, oh man. I'm great. I'm Usually, if it hits about seven point five or up, it's probably going to be pretty good. And uh, if it's like if it's a now if it's a sleazy movie, that's different. But if it's like a you know yeah. a Jude Law movie, if if it's hitting in the sixes, it might just kind of be eh. Uh, I got on this. Um, I can't remember if it was cheap or what. I can't remember the reason. Uh, Sherlock with Benedict Cumberbatch. Um, now, here's the deal with this. I didn't know much about it other than I love Sherlock Holmes and Benedict Cumberbatch is good. Um, so I thought, well, this is a TV show, right? Yeah. Um, but I downloaded it, and this is the first season, and there's only three shows. But each show is an hour and a half long. So basically <laughs> they did three movies. Right. And I'm curious. They're in their fourth season. Now, I know he's not on it anymore. but um, Is he not? Wait, isn't he? Is he still doing it? I don't know. Because I thought That's... he quit to do Star Trek. 
I don't know, oh. but we'll see. But they're really good. Uh, it's like I said, I'm expecting a TV show, and I get three fucking movies. Well, they do like movies. the they do like the Doctor Who thing. They just have them regenerate. <laughs> it could be, but I mean, it, it, it's um, it's my mouth. It takes place in like modern day, and I like how they do it. He's really good. He has good chemistry with his Watson. Uh, I can't remember what the guy's name was. I had it up on IMDb, but I just closed the window because computers still run like shit. Um, I had a major, um, uh, what do you call it, uh, where you get the the blue screen comes up and says, "Oh no, your thing crashed, and we're shutting down to make sure you don't do any damage." There's a um, there's a program built into Mac that you can install on Windows that lets you transfer data between them, mm-hmm. um, and when the two computers make a connection, a little icon appears in it to show you that they're connected. Mm-hmm. And the icon that they've programmed in for the PC on the, uh, on the Mac side is a, is a little uh, tan monitor with a blue screen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, here's the deal. The last one I had started going bad. And it would just run horribly slow. Uh, I would continually get this thing come up that would say you know make sure you back up your shit because your hard drive has serious problems and it's going to fail now still have that one it's still in my computer it's not hooked up so if i need to fall back on that i can but this is a new fucking hard drive (laughs) now i need to go back and see if i got like some kind of a warranty or something with it but now and when it says like save you know back up your data I mean, the only thing I have on there is like pictures of girls in thongs, and like all my um, all my pictures and shit I have on my external hard drive. Uh, so it's not like a big thing. I just I, I I saw another hard drive. You know, it's like the number one rated one. People's buying. It's like one terabyte for fifty four bucks. I can throw it in there and do that, and it has like a. Um, a uh, like a warranty on it for data recovery and fixing it and everything. But you know the thing is, it's like with that. Okay, say, and I, I, I'm not sure that I didn't get that on this one, so I'll have to look. But um, like you send, say you send in this thing, right? And and they're going to try and you know fix it or do whatever they do. And like I've got like pictures of women sucking you know dudes' cocks and shit and gang bangs and not a lot of it because I usually don't keep that stuff. I, I like only date it one time and then you know I break up with it. Uh, <laughs> that was that was stolen from my friend Todd. He used to talk about porn. He would say, he goes, oh, I've already dated this one. You know, like if he had it on DVD. But anyway. Um, you know, so I, you know, life's all right. It's just, you know, it, it seems like when everything's going smooth, there's always something that fucking comes along and yep. shits in your pie, in your Cheerios, Cheerio pie. Um, how are see. you? What did I watch this week? <laughs> um, so I got my movie pass this week. Yeah, you watched um, a lot my, of movies too, from what I I, uh, I I I went to the movies and I also watched some stuff online and. Yeah, so I had a good. Like, it was mostly new stuff I watched this week. Um, actually, almost exclusively in the last within the last year, uh, I went and saw Avengers, the new Avengers movie, Age of Ultron. And uh, I should wait till it comes out on DVD. Yeah, wait till it comes out. The for me, this kind of felt like like I, I left this one feeling like I did when I left the second Iron Man movie. Like it was like there was kind of like a 
like the spectacle was all right, but it was like I felt like it was just kind of like I don't know. I didn't. I wasn't invested at all. Right. Not like Cap, uh, Winter Soldier. Right. Or the first Captain America movie. Like yeah. I or I felt like I did after I watched the first Thor. It was like yeah, that looked kind of cool, but I don't really care. And that was like this too. Um, now Vision was pretty awesome. Um, I don't know who played him, but the makeup they they used for him was pretty sweet. Or the that was, uh, Paul Bentney. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, Spader did a great voice stuff for Ultron. Now, I don't know enough to know if the character Ultron from this movie is similar to how Ultron is d- done in the comics. I always assumed he would be like more maniacal and evil, and he's this guy. He's more like low key in this outside Hank of when he's fighting. Created him too. I mean, it wasn't. Um, oh, it was, yeah. Tony Stark and Banner both like teamed up to make him in this. Um, but they don't have Hank Pym yet, so I guess they couldn't. <laughs> uh, I thought it was interesting that um, that I, I don't recall them ever saying Quicksilver or Scarlet Witch. Uh, they call them by Maximoff. They just called them by their names. Ah, um, Pietro. And they were like Eastern European, like trash. Like uh, he wore like a track suit all the time. Nice. Uh, they just looked kind of dirty. Uh, I mean, it was. I don't know. Wanda's a dirty girl. I don't know. I don't know. Oh, I'll wait. I mean, I just didn't get a. I, I didn't get a. You know, I don't know. I, I I didn't leave it feeling pumped at all. So Did Hulk smash. Hulk smashed a few times. Okay. Um, they he smashed an entire like. Middle Eastern city. Oh yeah, good because you know how they are. <laughs> but nobody complained about that because it, Superman smashes white people it. city, and it's and it's they go berserk, and uh, Hulk smashes brown people city, and it's okay. Um, so I don't know. You know uh, what should have happened in that if I would have wrote it? The living Pharaoh would have showed up, and then he would have <laughs> turned and morphed into the living monolith. And went head to head with some. It's not like the. I don't even know who that is. X Men. This is another movie. So yeah, weren't Scarlet Witch and X and and Quicksilver in another Marvel movie? Were they? Quicksilver was in the last Wolverine movie. Scarlet Witch, I don't think was in any. Oh, Quicksilver was wasn't he also in an X Men movie? Was he in an X Men? Well, like the most. Well, yeah, yeah, X Men: uh, Days of Future Past. I called it yeah. a Wolverine movie, but that's that was it. Yeah. It was pretty much a Wolverine movie. Yeah. Um. So I don't know. Wait till it comes out on video. All right, I'll wait. Um. I watched Ex Machina. Mm-hmm. This is uh, directed by Alex Garland, and uh, it has uh, o- Oscar Isaac in it, playing a real douchebag. <laughs> ah. Um. He's a genius like he owns pretty much he's like the owner uh, like he owns a a google i think they're called like blue book or something and um he uh, he is developing a a, an artificial intelligence and go into this one cold because it's kind of cool seeing what they do Mm -hmm. uh i i thought this one was pretty spectacular um i mean i haven't heard anything but i've been seeing yeah it it looks really nice. It's very it's 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 very like it's a quiet movie. Um, I like that. Yeah, it's it's good. It's really good. Quiet guy. Um, I watched Mad Max Fury Road. All right. 
<laughs> and, and and are you on the on team bad james or are you on team i'm on everybody else i'm on team circle jerk on this one <laughs> it's good. really good oh really good okay yeah it's uh it's it's I, when I, I said on the on Facebook when I left the theater, I felt like everybody besides me was driving super slow. Oh yeah, um, kind of movies. It's it's. I mean, it literally it's two hours long, and I think an hour and forty minutes of it are driving. Yeah, and and like people hanging from underneath the the the, the big rig and now, motorcycles and fl- after what's that? You left, were in your mind? Were you driving the element? My element had fucking spikes on it, and, yeah. a, and a big pole with a with a bald dude swinging back and forth on the <laughs> on the top, trying to grab people next to me. Yeah, it's good. Um, yeah, go see this one. This one's fun in the theater. I didn't see it in 3D. I just saw it 2D, which was well, fine. Oh man, I tell you what, it's like one of those ones, you know. Just leaving this fucking house. And going to the <laughs> I know what you mean. Now, the, if, I, the, if I was on, okay, I'm going on vacation. Not this coming week, but the following week, mm-hmm. and that's when I usually watch a lot of you know go to the theater quite a bit. Yeah, hopefully some of that shit will still be in there, you know, and I can. That one will probably still be in a couple weeks. Yeah. Eh, I don't know. It was like, it's already bumped down to like twice a day at this one theater. Yeah, America doesn't like foreign movies. I, it, this honestly doesn't feel yeah. exactly like a foreign movie. Um, the makeup in this is pretty awesome. Um, I like Charlize, Charlize Theron. She's really good, and she only has one arm in it. Um, Somebody said that she was more the. Yeah, it's like I, I think Tom Hardy probably only has like ten lines in the whole movie. Um, well, Max was always kind of a. Yeah, I mean he's there, he's present, but really the story is her story, not his. Good. He's along for the ride. I don't like Bane. That was stupid. Bane. Oh yes, Bane. Oh Max. Uh, Tom Hardy is Bane. Yes. Um, <laughs> I saw Foxcatcher. Yeah. Uh, it's. A, it, I guess it was a, a week of. Uh, Do you think Channing Tatum was actually acting in that? <laughs> I think they just. I think they just said, "I want you to go hang out with your friends for a week and remember exactly everything that you do and how you behave, and then I want you to come do that again on camera." Um. You know, I think it was a week for me to watch uh, movies with fucker guys. <laughs> John Dupont was such a fucking creep. Uh, how about okay? The, there's one scene that stands out in my mind in that movie is when he came and got him in the middle of the night and said, "Let's go train," and then he just laid on the mat almost asleep. Oh, like I humped all over him. That was so. Ugh. Yeah. Now the grill guy said that didn't happen. So. Oh really? Yeah, there was a, he was not very happy with uh, his depiction. Because um, apparently uh, he was like a straight A student and this and that, and they kind of made him out to be almost near uh, mentally challenged, shit like that. So I don't know who knows, but I, I mean I've read a, the book uh, Fatal Match, which was very very good. I think they um, they must have de- like compressed the timeline a they little did. bit too. He said they said that too because there was stuff that happened in there that like where people weren't even there at the same time and you know it just lots the, of but i mean yeah, it's a movie it the thing with the thing with Dupont and and David Schultz you know that that their whole thing didn't even happen till like 96 right right yeah so in real life um but no i really like this um everybody was really good in it i thought i mean you know it's 
Tatum was fine for yeah. what he was supposed to be. Ruffalo, I always like Ruffalo. He's just very likable. Um, but definitely worth seeing. Um, I watched Big Hero 6. This was championed on the Gentleman's Guide to Midnight Cinema, and I thought it was kind of boring. Really? I saw yeah. the previews, and I thought it looked kind of funny. But it's, all, it's all right. I'll tell you, I like... Um, it made me think of uh, The Incredibles, in a way. Yeah. Um, and that, I thought, was great. And this was just kind of okay. I, I didn't dislike it, but I just thought it was eh. I, I, I was losing interest by the end, I'll just say that. I'll never have kids, so I don't have to deal with any of that. <laughs> never. Um, I will uh, never. That you know of. Cursed by God. Uh, um. <laughs> <laughs> It's a whimper. I watched Pound of Flesh. This yeah. is a new Jean-Claude Van Damme movie. Uh-oh. And it's about half good. It's got an interesting ending. Uh, Jean-Claude's good in it. And it's got some good action and shit. But some of it kind of crawls along a few times. So it ends up being kind of just like a six, six and a half by the end. But um, Jean-Claude, he it's awesome. He has a brother in it who is not, you know badass and he well, is you're gonna say he has a brother in it who is not jean-claude he's not jean-claude either uh, and um and doesn't have an accent either <laughs> oh really i think they explain it a little bit i think they were separated at young at a young age and were raised in different places or something Jean-Claude was a cajun <laughs> yeah, something like that but his brother <laughs> is like his very christian and all this stuff and obviously jean-claude is not and Nothing i love that the, the opening to the movie, he takes a Bible out of his hotel room and starts to like beat people up with it. <laughs> his brother's like, "What are you gonna do with that?" And then he he like jabs people in the eye with the cover and slaps the shit out of people with it. It's pretty cool, just like Jesus did. Yeah, yeah. he's like, "This is my book, motherfuckers." Yeah, bow down, motherfucker. Um, I did watch Hot Tub Time Machine too. <laughs> uh, okay, I'm I'm I am open minded. Um. Okay, I liked the first one. It was yeah. funny. Yeah, I thought the first one was. This one was better than I thought it was going to be, but I thought it was going to be like a two. Uh, it was probably like a four. Okay. It's well, not, a- you know, it's probably a bad sign when John Cusack didn't sign on to be in it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, it's crude, so I laughed at that because I'm an easy, I'm a mark for dick jokes. Farting. That's really all it is. It's like dick and fart joke. Yeah. The story's pretty stupid. uh, But, you know, when you have a hot tub time machine, you kind of expect that. (laughs) You know, it wasn't offensive. It was okay. You know, it could have been worse. I don't want to go back in time. (laughs) Well, they go forward in time in this one. I don't even want to go forward in time. (laughs) There's nothing out there but despair and pain. Just mun- mundanity. Nothing Is that even a word? I'd rather, you know, mundane's not bad. Um, this one was awesome. Um, not the best movie I watched all week, but certainly very fun. Uh, Kingsman: The Secret Service. Oh yeah, I've been wanting to check that. Out. It's on. Uh, it's on iTunes now, mm-hmm. and um, this one's a lot of fun. And uh, what's his face? Colin Firth is really good in it. Uh, Mark Strong's funny because he's kind of like uh, almost prudish a little bit. Does he play a bad guy? No, he's kind of like the um, who's the guy for Bond that does all the gadgets and shit. Uh, that would be let's see, that's not M, that's Q. Yeah, Q. He's kind of like the Q. He he trains the because most of this movie is the young people getting trained to become the next 
Kingsman. Yeah. And um, he's the guy that does the training. Um, Mark Hamill is almost unrecognizable in it. I'll tell you, Samuel L. Jackson's character is really fucking annoying. Wow. Um, in the in the movie, but some of the action sequences are are super well done. And there's a scene that takes place in what is supposed to be like the uh, the what is the name of that Baptist church that protests everything? Westboro, Westboro. Baptist Church. So there's a church in it that's like that with the they people protested Bo Biden's funeral. Yeah. Yeah, it's America, freedom yeah. of speech. But um, there's a fight scene in the, in a congregation of like a church like that, <laughs> and it's pretty amazing. And there's a lot of like little digs at uh, at uh, Republicans and stuff in this movie. If you yeah, I'm if not you a watch, fan so. of that. Yeah. So it's good. Or leave it, motherfucker. Yep. And let's see. That might have been it, except for I watched one more today. One a uh, 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 mark off the. Uh, shame pile, uh, touch of evil. Yeah, Orson Welles and Charlton Heston. Charlton Heston playing a playing a Mexican. That's awesome. <laughs> Janet Lee in like this like Teddy thing at one point. Let's get her high on marijuana. There were at least six doobies in that room. Yeah, six. No, what did they say? Doobies? No, they said uh, reefers. reefers. Six reefers. And it's Orson Welles all over the room was so fucking disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> Uncle Joe Gandhi. Now I'm wondering how much did 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 Orson Welles like? Did he try to look like this, or did was he looking like this by uh, this he, point? He he wasn't uh, like that uh, bad at that time. Okay, he was pretty. He was actually uh, younger, I think. You know, and they made him look really old. Yeah, he looked like shit. Um, big old bear, big old big old. Uh, you know, he would fit right in uh, at Horror Hound. <laughs> yes, or in the uh, like, gentleman's guide um, group. <laughs> I'd probably block him eventually, but he, uh, yeah. But this is a this is a a super good uh, film noir that, which I don't think I've ever seen a noir take place in Texas. Yeah. It's in California and you know the Northeast, but I can't say I've seen a border town one, which is, that's very interesting. Yeah. Better lay off um, some candy bars. It's good. It, it, it's uh, it's good. I, I mean, I, um, I don't know what else to say about that. There's times where but. I feel like that Orson Welles character because, like, I'll see pictures of like, uh, like especially one of my girlfriends who still looks really good and hot and everything. And then you know I'm kind of just like turning into an old gross man, <laughs> and I just expect one of these days, you know, it's like well, maybe you're better. Make me up some of that chili. <laughs> I wish I was getting fat off your chili. Better lay off those candy bars. Um, <laughs> that movie is awesome. It is and awesome. I love Charlton Heston saying, you know, may I use the phone, por favor. So, and uh, back to Mad Max really quick. <laughs> Speaking of bad accents, um, Tom Hardy's Australian accent was a little weird in the, in the movie when he would talk. It was like, I don't think that was Australian at all. Was and for some reason. Though, I mean, you think? What? Was he a good choice to play? I mean, people got excited, but, you know. Yeah, he's good. I mean, he's fine in it because he's, it's a physical role, and he does that well. And Is he there does anybody that... in it that reminded you of Bad James? Maybe the uh, the, the guy with the uh, the guitar guy, with the flaming guitar guy. <laughs> <laughs> no, he'd be he'd be one of the, like, the, the bald kids that uh, has to drive fast and 
I always thought he was more like the guy that sat on the back of Lord Wes's motorcycle in Road Warrior. You know, the, yep. the one that had his man tits out and hung on tight. Some of the, like I said, some of the characters in this and the, the costumes and stuff are fucking awesome. Like, um, one, this one huge fat guy, he has, he wears a suit, but he has two holes ripped out so his nipple chain can be, pe- yeah. like his nipples can be chained together. And his feet are so fucking like gross and swollen, like people have to help him walk around. Oh, and then so there's like, cause there's like those guys, there's the guys that, um, Oh, the one with the big ma- uh, the skull mask. Yeah. They they he runs the main camp. That's kind of where everybody's left from. And then there's like Bullet Town and Gas Town, and so the Gas Town guy is the one with the swollen feet. And then Bullet Town guy, he just has like he wears a helmet with made out of bullets, and uh, it's That's it's like a bunch of. I don't know. It doesn't sound like really. Yeah, I don't know about that. It's post apocalyptic. It's a post apocalyptic yeah. movie. I mean, like what you'd expect. Not not like Mad Max the first one, but definitely more like the second one. We're living pre-apocalyptic right now. The uh, Jesus shows up with that Bible and starts smacking you in your fucking face, poke, you get, poking people's eyes out with better, the corner of the cover. Right with, uh, you, you'll change your tune. You That's right, I, right I got a prediction. All right, let's take a break. And which movie do you want to do first today? Should we do chronological order? Let's do chronological. We'll come back okay. and do what comes first, forty-eight, or we'll do Red River right after Zeus. <laughs> One dark and stormy night in the mid-80s, Joe Bob Briggs, Harlan Ellison, and the ghost of El Santo pulled a train on Elvira while Siskel and Ebert sobbingly masturbated in the corner. From that union arose the greatest movie critic and luchador that ever lived. We're not going to talk about him. He's kind of a dick. Instead, we're going to talk about me, El Goro, the stuttering movie fan and host of the Talk Without Rhythm podcast. Every week on Talk Without Rhythm, I discuss two to three movies tangentially tied together by a theme. I cover action. And the most complete fighter in the world. Sci-fi. Open the pod bay doors, Hal. I'm sorry, Dave. I'm afraid I can't do that. Horror. Oh, no tears, please. It's a waste of good suffering. And the continuing adventures of James Spader, sexual deviant. You're not worried that I'm going to fuck you, are you? I'm not interested in Ultron, that. sexual deviant. Now pull up your skirt. <laughs> so check me out at TWORpodcast.blogspot.com, drunkenzombie.com, or subscribe on iTunes. Talk Without Rhythm, the only podcast that will not attract the world. Adios. Was that your Sounded just like him. All right, Junior Brown, Red River, um, from nineteen forty and eight. God, that's old. Why did yeah. this I don't know. Um, I ended up borrowing it from the internet because I didn't like the cut look of the YouTube print. With the with the big uh, the big like the tan the the dark s- circle spotlight oh. in the middle. What the fuck <laughs> was like that? Was a flashlight behind, <laughs> showing it on the, yeah from behind the screen. That was annoying. So I just 
I borrowed it. Um, and every there's like seven or eight copies of it on YouTube, and they all have that. What, the, what so is that? Obnoxious. It's a kind of. I guess it's a. I don't know. It must be a copyright thing trying to like trying to keep bots from finding it or something. I don't know. Anyway, um, so this is starring John Wayne and Montgomery Clift and some other people. Walter Brennan without teeth. Um, Synopsis. Dunson is driving his cattle to Red River when his adopted son Matthew turns against him. Well, that's simple and straightforward. Fuck yeah. (laughs) Uh, Zom, what did you think of Red River? Whoever wrote that synopsis, I'd like to see them fuck. (laughs) They fuck like me. Yeah. And done. (laughs) Now, let's move on to Lone Star. (laughs) Um, Okay, here's the deal. Pipple. Wait a minute. I hope I don't fall over. Don't fall over. Okay. Um... When I was a kid. See, I like John Wayne before I knew yeah, he yeah. was a, uh, you know, his politics, which are, uh, uh, you know, kind of not like mine. But you know, I try and put that to the side. <laughs> um, now, uh, I like movies like this because, okay, you know, good movie. It's a it's a classic. But then I also like uh, some, you know, reading about some of the behind the scenes stuff. You know. Yeah. Because back then they had like publicity machines and they didn't like for shit to get out. But, you know, there was stuff going on even back then that, uh, you know, you take John Wayne, who was a, you know, a very uber conservative Republican and everything. and uh, A bullhard bully. But, you know, you got that that (laughs) his whole generation. um, And then you have like Montgomery Clift who was sort of like from the Brando generation, and you throw them together, and uh, sparks are going to fly. Yeah. And John Wayne had a way of doing that, because I guess, you know, he wasn't like a very progressive person. So then later on, like when he had to work with Dennis Hopper, you know, sparks were going to fly. <laughs> and, uh, you know, like shit like that, right? I was like, anyway. Uh, <laughs> I was excited. <laughs> <laughs> That's a reefers laying all around here. Oh my god! Come on, um, now um, here's this John Wayne, and uh, he is with uh, Groot. Groot. Now, yeah, Groot. What a name! When I watched this for years, of course, you know I didn't know it. Uh, I, I, uh, when I read Guardians of the Galaxy, it was well, I guess it was after Groot because it, they were from the future. And Groot and Star Lord and all that shit are in the past, are like more closer to our time, um, if not our time. So, but anyway, I did not know the character Groot. Well, then when I started watching this, so I, I did, I didn't even think about it, and I've seen this movie a bunch of times. But when I first started watching it this time, and uh, Walter Brennan's on there talking, and his name's Groot, the first <laughs> thing I thought was, "Oh my god." You know? <laughs> Yeah, I am Groot, motherfucker. Um, so he is. How, how am I supposed to eat, fucker? Yeah, the whole thing about his teeth was awesome. Yeah, uh, there's, there is, you know, you have to take into account, you know, being an older movie and everything. There's going to be stuff in this that come off, comes off kind of cornbally, but I also look at some of that stuff and still laugh my ass off because it is either cornbally or some of it's still funny, like the uh, the uh, stereotypical 
Native American, you know, me one of toothuses or something. You know, <laughs> Two, like, yeah, teeth. He said he like keeps saying tooth. He's like, I told you it's teeth. Yeah, that was pretty cool. You so heathen. Anyway, uh, you heathen. I told you it was teeth. He was a heathen. See, he didn't believe in Jesus. Tom Dunson is a. He's kind of a. He's a, he's a driven man, and he is. A, he's a rugged individualist. Rugged individualist. He he has he has very long bootstraps by which to pick himself up. Ayn Rand would want to fucking slobber all over his balls <laughs> while he like tapped his you know big John Wayne pecker on her forehead. <laughs> Now, um, and uh, to be honest with you, Montgomery Clift might have wanted to slobber on John Wayne's balls while he <laughs> did his John Wayne dick on his forehead, but for other reasons, not political reasons. Monty, uh, from what I understand, was well, – I'm pretty sure, I mean, it was just straight out that he was gay. And, uh, uh, of course, back then, they uh, – you know, things were not uh, – Spoken of, right? And um, it's the same thing with uh, John Ireland is in this, and uh, he was in a lot of movies. And this is another modern day, or more of a modern day thing. John Ireland plays a character named Cherry Valance, and what's her name? Ellen Aim from Streets of Fire. Oh, I don't know. The redhead. Uh, oh God, damn it! You're not helping me. Sorry. Uh, what, so what the Streets of Fire. Diane? Diane Lane. Diane Lane. Played Cherry Valance in oh. The Outsiders. Okay. Okay, so that's the same name. See what I'm saying? Yeah. There so they had go. to lift that, right? Francis Ford Coppola had to say, hey, you know Howard Hawk? I like that Howard Hawk. So I'm going to name this little 18-year-old hot chick Cherry Valance, and John Ireland was Cherry Valance in this. And I guess it to Montgomery Clift, he might have been like a little... Cherry Valance. Because John Wayne and Walter Brennan and some of the other cast who were more... You know, John Wayne had, like, his crew. He had uh, Harry Carey Jr. and some of these guys that he always worked with, right? Right. And um, they... uh, Walter Brennan, you know, whatever. And um, they, like I said, were from a different time. Well, then you have Montgomery Clift, who is uh, more kind of what would be counterculture today or uh, alternate lifestyle, if you want to call it that, whatever. And um, well, now, John Ireland was kind of like uh, they said he was a degenerate. They did not like him on this movie, and they cut his uh, scenes way down because – and they kept using this term, a degenerate. Well, now, I know he was an alcoholic really bad, and he was drunk a lot. But he liked to fuck. And from what I read, <laughs> he didn't mind where, you know, where, or, uh, I guess, who he was fucking, you know? And there was speculation that maybe. He did not discriminate. One of the stars might have been doing a little, you know, you know what I'm saying? Uh, well, more than one of the stars and more than one, uh, uh, you know, a cowboy and maybe a cowgirl. I don't know. But that's what they were saying. So anyway, you can imagine somebody like John Wayne's fucking head was probably spinning, you know, you know what I'm saying? Or if... Uh, because he was probably doing the same thing, but, you know, yeah. it's like... Because in, uh, I think it's like Hollywood Babylon, I thought that there were, you know, 
uh, what's his name that did Hollywood Babylon? Uh, God damn, I, I'm drawing a blank on every Lucifer. I can't. what he called himself. But, uh, um, Kenneth Anger. Yeah, Kenneth Anger. Okay, he. You know, of course, Kenneth Anger was. You know, he kind of liked to um, talk shit. And, you know, it kind of makes you wonder, like, because, you know, wants to sell books and stuff, how much stuff was true and how much of it was him taking a taking a piss on a lot of people. But, I mean, even, like, you know, him yeah, in, in uh, one of the Hollywood Babylon, I don't know if it's one or two, you know, he was talking about, like, somebody like John Wayne who would let a famous producer or director or whatever suck his dick. Well, remember what we remember the 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 conversation they had in uh, Repo Man that we reviewed. Yeah, John Wayne's yeah. a fee. <laughs> yeah, so anyway, <laughs> he he was a fig. He showed up. What did he show up to do? His plumbing or something? Bath fitters showed up, and uh, <laughs> he was wearing a dress. He was or wearing yeah. a dress, but you know, I don't give a shit. Don't Whatever, care. live your you life, know, it's, man. It's like um, uh, Denny Hassert. Now there, there, he was Speaker of the House, and you know when. Uh, Clinton was getting impeached and stuff, and um, family values, blah, 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 blah. We got to impeach this guy for lying about getting a blowjob, blah, 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 blah. Well, now he's uh, going to prison because he paid like $3.5 million in blackmail money to some kid that was on his wrestling team when he was in – he was the coach of a high school wrestling team, and apparently he was doing stuff with this boy. Yay. And um, so, you know, so like Sam Cedar or whoever said, you know, I, I don't care if, if he's gay. But, you know, there's nothing worse than some self-loathing bastard that, that you know, uh, is in a party that hates gay people. Right. And does everything, you know, against them, blah, blah, blah. So anyway, if what Kenneth Anger was saying was true, that John Wayne would let, you know, somebody blow him uh, so that he could get movie parts or whatever when he was young, of course, you know. I'm sure once he reached, when he was like Rooster Cogburn. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Duke, you want to be in this movie? You better fucking slobber down on, you know, oh, well, whatever. Anyway, like Glenn Campbell is <laughs> fucking sucking joints. <laughs> that would be awesome. Like, fucking, you know, to me, I think, you know, I, I find this stuff interesting because it's so, you know, how um, closed up and how closed-minded everybody was and they had to project this uh, this attitude, uh, whether it's like, had a hopper and these people with uh, with these uh, they would have these stories, and but then they would you know kind of hush them up you know we don't want anybody to know that Montgomery Cliff was gay or Salminio or whatever. So this movie, like I said, you know when you see like Dennis Hopper in um, whether it's like a Real Lobo or where he was in True Grit and stuff with John Wayne. And, and, you know, that was more in the 60s. Now, this is 1948. Mm-hmm. So things were a lot more in the closet and everything. But Tom Dunson and Groot are Nadine Groot, too. Now, okay, now here's the deal, people. <laughs> um, there, are a lot, there are a lot of things, and, and I tell some of my friends, you know, when, on Gentleman's Guide, um, they used to always talk about homoerotic things in movies. I got and, that, know, top, I got that vibe on this a couple times. Right. Well, I would tell like some of my friends now that are older that have watched like a lot of these movies. I said, "Listen, you know, when uh, Ben Hur and Masala meet at the beginning of Ben Hur and their childhood friends, you know, and they embrace each other and they look at each other like, oh my god, you know, they did that. They specifically, you know, 
when they were shooting it, they, you know, they wanted it to be more loving. They wanted it to be not just friends, you know, and they're all bullshit, bullshit. (laughs) Patrick Swayze and Keanu Reeves and Point Blank weren't supposed to be in love or, or Iceman and, uh, you know what I'm saying? Goose or whatever. It's true. No, Iceman. What was Tom, what was Tom Cruise's name? Maverick. 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 Not Goose. Goose Goose was the third, third wheel. Uh, Bodie, or not Bodie, I'm thinking another Patrick Swayze, Dalton and Jimmy, Dalton and Brad Wesley, Dalton and uh, <laughs> Sam Elliott. You know what I'm saying? Uh. So anyway, this movie, um, I you know, when, uh, between Cherry Valance and Matt Garth, which was Montgomery Cliff and John Ireland, and they're, they're you know, Hey, that's a big gun. Yeah, yours is big too. How good are you? Yeah, I'm good too. How good? What are a you? smooth bass. Yeah, goddamn mother. I'd like to shoot that thing. You got some tight Levi's on, and um, you know, so I mean, you you know, fucking, they had stuff like that, and it's fun to watch and, and you know to, to 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 see that stuff. Now, it'd have been even funner if Noah Barry, who played uh, Noah Barry Jr., who played uh, Rocky on the Rockford Files, and say like. Uh, Walter Brennan were doing that to each other. That would have been, oh. been awesome. Yeah, let me take my teeth out. Yeah, yeah. Cookie, come over here. Yeah. <laughs> Cookie gives you best head in there. Fucking, yeah. They're out there on the trail, right? Or how about, yeah, how, about, how about a budding romance between Groot and uh, Two Jaw Quo? <laughs> yeah, Two Jaw, Two Jaw is going to town. And, and uh, Groot's like, <laughs> I am Groot. <laughs> <laughs> I am Groot. <laughs> I am Groot, motherfucker. Uh, so anyway, I'm just, this is out of hand. This isn't even oh. about this movie. I mean, it is, but it's not. Uh, Nobody should listen to this garbage. Does anybody expect this to be a real review? Okay, so um, Mr. Yeah, Dungeon, it's good. Next movie. <laughs> he's going on this cattle drive. Well, he's just got like one cow, and then he comes across this, you know, wager. They said they set some stuff up with him and this this chick, and he leaves her behind because, you know, she's just a woman, right? You know, she yeah. can't trail her. She's going to slow him down. Slow him down <laughs> when he gets out there on the trail with all his men. His young, hard, hot-weathered men. And with their only dusty some... bottoms. It's like Maximilian Schell in uh, Cross of Iron. I prefer the company of men in any and all occasions. Say it! <laughs> Say it! You know, it's like, okay. <laughs> so anyway, um, <laughs> what the hell's going on here? Uh, so they come across this uh, young chap uh, with a cow. Uh, and uh, it's uh, Matt Garth, and who later is played by Montgomery Cliff. And um, uh, Dunson kind of uh, adopts him. Um, and now I, I like how they set it up because right away you find out that Dunson is kind of like somebody you don't want to fuck with because these uh, Mexican guys show up and uh, it's just him, Groot, and this boy. And he just kind of, you know, you can just see him go into full, you know, badass mode in about two seconds when the Mexicans start talking shit. And they weren't even talking shit. They were being nice. But he kind of – there was this underlying thing going on, just like the thing with Montgomery Cliff and John Ireland. There's another underlying thing. <laughs> we're talking nice to you, but you're out there on the lone prairie and, uh, you know, survival of the fittest. And uh, I kind of like when he does that and he's, he just is like, you know, step back, Matt, or whatever. And he's still smiling, but he just kind of starts getting ready. And uh, that was pretty cool. So – um 
Now, what was he planning to do by going out on his own, having only one cow? Well, because it, it's kind of fortunate the kid, his whole family gets slaughtered or whatever, and he wanders up with an actual cow because he only has one. And last time I checked, you can't make more with only one. Well, he's got the bull, and I'm, I guess he would just, you know, planning on buying a cow somewhere. Oh, maybe stealing one. You know, who knows? Back yeah, then, he was kind of a dick like that. Well, then and they're out there on the, like I said, you know, back then they didn't have like ranches; it was just all free open area so i mean you know when, but, when did barbed wire fence when was that invented because that would play a part i you know, saw a movie about that with um kirk douglas and he hated barbed wire you know because yeah there you go first patent was issued in 1867 so yeah. when this started in the 1850s they wouldn't have had this yet so cows would have still been wandering right. around down you know, like you know towards mexico i mean um they haven't even oh, well shit what this hair in my nose um so he tell you know the the Mex- I guess you know, it's kind of still part of Mexico, this Texas area, because you kind of get fucked up on this because they were talking about like even the guns. Uh, Howard Hawks wanted them to use uh, Colt peacemakers, but at the time that this was supposed to take place, they didn't even you know they didn't have those at that time. But he's mm-hmm. like, yeah, you know, fuck it, who gives a shit? Um, they create this big. Uh, ranch dunson's ranch the the uh red river d red river <laughs> and he is kind of like a you know he's he's a rugged individualist he's a capitalist for sure in that you know he didn't give a fuck when he decides he's going to do his thing you know whether he scoops up a whole bunch of his even his friends you know their cattle too he's like hey you know he just put a brand put my brand on i don't give a fuck fuck it my brand's deeper it's mine yeah he he brands them deep with the, with the Red River D. <laughs> so, <laughs> I love making fun of John Wayne. Because, um, you know, he's... Yeah, uh, now, what's her name? Uh, wasn't that uh, in um, oh, uh, Touch of Evil? Was that Martelina Dietrich? It was uh, Scanny Balls. Yeah, she was in it. Okay, well, that was one of John Wayne's women. I think he used to bang her when she was like the old... She was like a MILF, and this is when he was really young. Before he became really famous, and she even said that he, you know, sl- swung a big, uh, I don't know, something, cock. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> he decides, okay, you know, the, the, the okay, there's no uh, market for cattle down here. There's so much, so much cattle, you know, it's like, goddamn, we gotta, we gotta fucking make some money, right? It's America. So we're gonna drive these cattle all the way up to uh, Missouri, right? And um, Talks all these dudes, says, hey, yes, go. And they're like, fuck yeah. <laughs> so they decide that they're going to, you know, that'd be hard. It's, you know, fucking be tough. Yeah, it's a fucking, that's a long way, I'd say. Like, yeah, like Lonesome Dove or whatever. You always had the cattle drive and shit. And um, so it's a pretty long movie. And you go through the whole cattle drive thing. They all start out, they're all excited. But then after a while, it's like, goddamn, he's like Ahab. You know, he's, he's fucking... Uh, <laughs> He, he he starts getting kind of maniacal because he tells him from the beginning, okay, you know, motherfucker, you sign up, you're in for a penny, in for a pound, you're going, and there's no quit. I'm a, I won't put up with somebody being a quitter. So then, you know, of course, you know, when things start getting fucking kind of, you know, after a while, it's like Jesus Christ. And some of these guys are like, fuck this shit. He's a jerk. Let's quit. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, hey, you ain't quitting. Well, then he gets kind of extreme, you know, like he like, yeah. takes off. He's just like going to go get him. And 
Well, he's got the one got the one guy, this klutzy guy that's trying to steal some sugar. Yeah. And he causes a stampede. And yeah. he almost gets shot over it because Wayne's already losing his shit there. Wayne's gonna whip him. He, he was gonna whip him at first, and then like then he's started to pull his gun until Montgomery Clift like shoots the guy in the shoulder and kind of breaks it up. Well, like Matt kind of backs him, and you, and and they also establish that Matt went away to school, and I think to the maybe like the war or something. Because a lot yeah, of these guys cause... have like uh, either cavalry uniforms on, or maybe it's Civil War stuff. I don't. John know. John Wayne does too. Because yeah. he's wearing, he wears those pants with the yellow stripe down it, and I mean, I, it's not yellow, but I, I assume it's yellow. <laughs> yeah, they established that, um, and and they they thought about shooting this in color, but they, they then Howard Hawks is like, you know, he thought it would look better or whatever. Um, they actually used the the thing at the beginning where where like I said, like the um, the the two Mexican guys show up, and when John Wayne only has the one cow and has just right. met Matt. Um, they actually used that scene at the beginning of, I think, The Shootist, which was John Wayne's last movie, when they were showing him when he was supposed to be younger. And I don't, uh, I don't think they had any sound, but they just showed it, and you know, uh, it was kind of cool, um, like an homage to the Duke, uh, who had. He cancer. was only he was only forty when he made this. Yeah, you know, um, like my age, a lot of pretty John much Wayne movies when you watch them. Like I'm thinking in this movie, I'm like, man, he's pretty young in this. But then when you say he's 40, he's you know middle age in this, and this was 19 what 48? Yeah. You know Montgomery Cliff's of course young young chap in this. He's a good looking guy. Hey, there's several times in this where he kind of reminded me his his look and everything a little bit like Tom Cruise. He kind of has like a I don't know. He's a handsome guy. Then yeah. he ended up getting in a car wreck and really fucking his face up. Uh, like he got his face like crushed and messed up and they had to, yeah. I don't think he ever really kind of looked the same after that. Um, but they, like I said, uh, you get to Matt kind of backs Dunson's play. He's his uh, right hand man. And, you know, and he's like I said, like an adopted son, but you can kind of see the cracks starting to show. He's kind of like, okay, you know, it's like a kid when you're, when your dad is spewing some, racist bullshit or you know what i'm saying or something my, like that my dad never did that yeah and, and then you kind of start you <laughs> oh, know wait. first you, you'll do anything for him because you admire him and he's your hero and everything but then you start kind of seeing like okay this guy's kind of full of shit he's no <laughs> you know no better you know whatever he's just a human being you know it's a it's a nice uh it's a nice um uh I guess comparison you can make between both movies because both end up being like the father figure type moments yeah. and father and son thing. And you got some, you got, was that intentional on your part or? Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. And that and the Texas thing, you know, that's why when yeah. I, when you said that one, I thought, okay, we got a newer movie, Texas father, son thing. And then you got this deal here, whatever. So yeah, I kind of, I tried to think it out. I mean, I don't just, not too shabby. I just, I just throw shit out there. Richard Farnsworth, who uh, was later on in The Gray Fox, which we reviewed, right? Yeah. He is in this. He plays one of Dunstan's writers. I he did was not a, notice uh, him. Well, he was a, a, a stuntman back then, I think, before he became famous. Uh, um, then you have the stampede, and um, 
like I said, Dunstan starts, and you have people starting to kind of want to take off, and then he gets start starts not only getting paranoid, but he kind of is like a megalomaniac. He's like you know obsessed. He yeah. starts drinking a lot too. And they're kind of like, okay, what the fuck, man? Okay, you know, this guy's... It's like, three days ago, two, three people left. I haven't slept in three days, and nobody's left now. Yeah. So he's never going to sleep again. And he's going to watch all those assholes. They, they, um, may, you know, they did the best they could as far as making John Wayne, you know, kind of older. You know, yeah, he looked, it looked, it looked good. I mean, like, yeah. with the, with the gray hair, and he already had the receding hairline by that point. And then which, there was a few times, helped. like, when Matt, just when he first came back, and the Duke is down, you know, kind of crouched down or sitting down around the campfire, and he's showing him, okay, we're going to do this, we're going to do that. And when he gets up, Matt kind of has, kind of helps him up. Like, he's getting kind of weary in his bones, you know, like when he stands up, kind of, you know. Mm-hmm. And then there's a couple times, sort of scenes like that. Plus, he's supposed to be really fast with the gun, which you see at the beginning. Matt is really quick and so is Cherry Valens but you have the youth you know and of course they're always going to have a reflex shit like that but when Cherry Valens says you know to like Matt you know uh, you know you be Matt Garth from whatever you know you always wonder how they hear about people because they didn't have like TV or internet or <laughs> I guess it's just reputation somebody scrawled it on a piece of leather he found on a <laughs> yeah on a piece of buffalo. wooden shack but um uh, Matt makes sure to tell him, he said, well, you know, I guess you and I are probably the two fastest guys around here. And he goes, nah, well, I guess there's another one. And he says, Dunson, you know. So yeah, anyway. I kind of wonder with that, you know, it was interesting when you talked about John Ireland earlier because they really hint early on. And I guess they didn't reshoot any scenes when they decided to, like, cut him out more. You really, I really thought that John Ireland's character was going to play a bigger part. Well, I think he did. Then he ultimately ended up in the movie, yeah. Because, like, like, by the end of the movie, you're like, there's, there's 30 minutes that'll go by. I'm not even sure if I had seen him or not. They said he was drunk uh, almost, like, all the time on the set and being a degenerate. Now, some people – now, they did say that he was uh, banging both the lead chicks – Joanna Drew and Colleen Gray, I think there you go. that was. But then one of the things I read said that he might have been doing some stuff with Montgomery Cliff. Now, I don't know if that's true or not. Maybe it's all of the above. Might be a Kenneth Anger <laughs> thing. You know, Kenneth Anger might be full of shit, and he might not be. He was Lucifer, after all. <laughs> um, but I kind of like how at the beginning, it's sort of ham-handed a little bit when Duke, tells the chick that he likes you know hey stay behind i'll send for you but it's just too rough out there and then what happens there but then um later on with montgomery cliff and and this and and the chick that he meets but the one scene that i like is when uh, montgomery cliff um you know it's I was going to say the Popeye moment, but the Popeye moment comes actually later. But the, <laughs> the moment where Montgomery Clift is like, you know, okay, I'm not. He he is. Uh, if John Wayne is Captain Bly, uh, then Montgomery Clift is uh, what's his face? Um, oh uh, shit! <laughs> 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 Mr. The, the fucking guy, uh, mutiny on the bounty or whatever, you know, guy. 
So anyway, you got this uh, mutiny on the bounty, right? <laughs> With uh, ten minutes later, yeah, Captain Bly, and then uh, the uh, Fletcher Christian was the name I was uh, there. You go trying to pull out of my me me arms. So anyway, um, I like that uh, the one scene. Uh, I think that uh, one of the things that I read was they wanted to play it uh, that when Matt stands up to uh, Dunson for the first time and uh, basically is like, hey, you know, you're fucking out of hand, bitch. Yeah. Uh, get your big butt back on, get on that horse and we're fucking. Damn. Well, they kind of wanted John Wayne to kind of like. Uh, uh, you know, because he's been drinking, no sleep, and he is kind of going a little bit. He's like going a little crazy and a little uh, obsessed. Uh, but I think the way they wanted to play it was that he kind of, uh, not that he's scared of Matt, but he kind of uh, thinks, you know, oh shit, you know, maybe I better, you know. But, but then John Wayne didn't do it, play it that way. He just kind of turned around and said. I'm going to kill you, Matt, you know, but I find you. I, and it was kind of, I mean, it was just so, because even Montgomery Cliff's character was, it's still like, you know, basically like his dad. And, yeah. uh, but then he he's telling him, saying, listen, you're, you're out of control. I'm going to, you know, take the cattle and, you know, uh, we're going because they had two options. One of them was just somebody brought up that we could take him to Kansas. There's a rail railroad there, and we wouldn't have to go over all this rough terrain. And everybody kept saying, you know, "Well, are you sure it's there?" And they're like, "Well, I just heard it was." Yeah, some chick told me there was a railroad that went through, and the whole time I thought they were they kept saying Abilene, right? And I thought they were talking about Abilene, Texas. I was like, "Why don't they just? What's the big deal? Just go check Abilene. You're like a hundred miles from there." So anyway. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, this like all those cow cow towns like Wyatt Earp and Wild Bill Hickok and shit would be in, you know. Um, so he wanted to stick with what he and, and when you thought about it, because like I said, the only you're only getting rumors like, OK, Cherry Valance was banging some chick from behind with his thumb up her butthole. And she said, <laughs> oh, boy, there was a I went on a train here and he's like, oh, hey, guess what? There's a train. And he's like, are you sure? You know, because what if we go up there and it's not there, you know? So um, but I like how Wayne just kind of. He's so he's so obsessed with this cattle drive and everything that even this and this this kind of says something about at least about his character at the time uh, was um, that this boy is his kind of like his pride and joy his 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 son that he you know his that adopted son but he still was he was going to kill him because he turned on him. Yeah, you know, it's like you know when you tell your dad, you know, dad, you're full of shit. Your dad gets all pissed off, but it's like you know, well, you are, and you know, you are. I looked up to you because I was stupid, and you know, <laughs> you 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 pulled the wool over my eyes or whatever for so many for years. the last time. Yeah, but you know, now I'm a man, and I'm gonna fucking. But so anyway, he um, this sets up a. Uh, uh, the showdown, the big showdown. Yeah, you gotta have a big showdown, right? It's a western, and um, you have and a, a showdown. You have a you know kind of a 
something brewing with cherry, and then you have something you know that's ultimately the the conclusion. Now, did you see the Searchers? Yeah. Okay, I kind of got the same feel. Uh, you know where because you know John Wayne's obsessed in this one. He was obsessed yeah. in that one, and he was kind of a prick in that one. He was a good man, but he was kind of a prick. And he kind of went overboard. Um, and same thing with this one. And then the ending and how it ended and everything. I like how it ended. I mean, you know, uh, yeah. Yeah, I like the kind of like the uh, Hulk smash. It's clobber- Hulk versus the thing. <laughs> or actually Hulk versus like Wolverine because Montgomery Cliff is kind of smaller. <laughs> but they, they said that they kind of worried, even John Wayne kind of worried that uh, – you know, because Montgomery Cliff was kind of a smaller guy, and John Wayne was a big dude. Yeah, he was that, like six four. Or something, yeah, that it he? wouldn't look, it wouldn't come off realistic. But then when they started doing it, he said, you know, he'll be okay. It's gonna, it's gonna be okay. And they wanted it to kind of be like a David versus Goliath kind of a, kind of a thing. You know, yeah. So. But anyway, I mean, you know, I'm rambling on, having a good time, enjoying. Oh yeah. What, what, um, what do you think about this? Uh, this period of time. I thought it was. I thought this was a good movie. Yeah. The uh, I thought I, I liked the it. I wasn't sure where it was going to go. Right. And once you start to see, because it you know, it, it starts off with it's. It feels like kind of a standard western. They're they're moving the cattle and right. and and et cetera et cetera. But when you start to see the the breakdown of uh, John Wayne's character. That that's when it's like that's when it turned for me, and that was like super interesting. Um, so it's kind of like there, uh, this is a stupid, well, kind of I don't know if stupid point or whatever, but um, we had like a basketball hoop in our backyard. We mm-hmm. played basketball every. My dad and I would play basketball all the time, and you know when you're a kid, you know played my dad. He'd always beat me, 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 and then I can't remember what year it was or whatever when i got older the first time i beat my dad at basketball and i was like (laughs) yes finally but then i felt like shit yeah it was kind of it was kind of a a weird thing like a like times had changed or you know yeah that's like like you finally eclipse and you see that happening yeah and it's like um (laughs) i know you know and we're all about the daddy issues on this show so and and the base this this movie this movie's got him. Um, you know, I felt I felt emotional there at the end with the way, you know, I was you know we're, I'm the I'm the Montgomery Clift. I'm like you know fuck lay off, <laughs> you know get get over it. You're 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 wrong. You just need to learn to accept that. And um, yeah, I, I I liked that part. I tell you, I liked um, who what was her name that played Tess Malay? Thought she was hot. Yeah, well, she was good looking, but I liked her character. Um, there's a, I love the scene when they first meet her, when you first meet her, and the fuck it, she just like running her trap and just like gets, takes an arrow through the shoulder and just yeah. keeps going. That was kind of badass. <laughs> she hardly even breaks the, breaks concentration. It was well, pretty great. That one part where John Wayne's like, all right, you know, I'll, I'll let him live if you let me fuck you. <laughs> if you give me a son. Yeah. And she was like, all right, man. That, that might take been, a few times. That'd have been great if he had a John Wayne had fucked her. Um, <laughs> he might have. I, I liked Montgomery Cliff had like some Steve McQueen like. Uh, well, 
obviously he was probably a little bit before Steve McQueen. Yeah. Um, his little uh, acting things where he would like rub the side of his nose or he had like a little uh, thing of, uh, I don't know if it's like a little wheat thing or whatever. And he'd be kind of like chewing on it and mm -hmm. up and everything. He, he, he had a little bit of meth. I think he, I actually think he was maybe, I don't know if he was a method actor or not. Because I know a lot of the old school guys like John Wayne, Rock Hudson, guys like that that were from the old school. Okay, here's what you say. Here's your mark. Hit your mark. Bob, bam, bam, bam. They didn't yeah. like working with the Brandos and Cliffs and stuff like that 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 were or James Dean that were um, uh, method actors because they would do things different all the time. And and like always be like they said, you know, Yul Brenner got would always be pissed at Steve McQueen because he'd always be fiddling with his hat in the background while Yul Brenner's supposed to be having his moment, <laughs> you know, sort of stuff like that. And I could, you know, it's just a, it's it's a meeting of the of uh, a, a meld of generations. It is. It's a very generational thing, um, which I I thought was a, an interesting contrast. They they cast it well for that reason, and um, you know. I, Despite uh, probably a legendary ego, right. you know, good on John Wayne for being. Yeah, forty still pretty young as far as male actors go, and being willing or at that point to look older and look, mm -hmm. um, not weak, but uh, more frat, more vulnerable. Right, and um, you know, well, that's kind of some a, of the best John Wayne moments is when, or you know, or when he, yeah. you know, it's 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 easy for him, you know, his big badass kind of a hard ass guy or whatever but the the moments where you know you kind of get like some true emotion or a lot of his more memorable moments um i don't think that's what somebody was saying i don't know if it was john ford saw him in this or which yeah i read that quote about john ford saying what do you know the son of a bitch can act yeah or? he didn't realize that he could actually act <laughs> but like i said i mean you watch this there are now when you start getting into the older john wayne movies now i think like maybe like rooster caught or uh true grit or the shootist or something like that but there were some in between and even some when he was younger like some of the world war ii ones where he kind of was kind of playing the generic thing, but if you watch yeah. the Searchers or this or some some of those movies like that, 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 that I mean, he he wasn't like Brando or Daniel Day Lewis or something like that. But it was. A <laughs> but he had, he definitely showed more dimensions yeah. than he would have let on earlier in his career, yeah. which I appreciate. And um, you know the back to um, the chick Tess Malay, well, who Joe Andrew. Like I said, the Arrow thing was cool with her, and I liked the part. I liked her talking to John Wayne a lot, like yeah. giving him shit when you know, when he's like, "What is your name?" or whatever, and she does this huge like swipe and like lights a match on the table. She's like Tess Malay, well, she <laughs> lights was a, her like a big cigar. A I don't know what she was supposed to because be. I think well, but I mean, like back then, a lot of the Could women be. that were going out there. Were anyway. to, lost to, to Utah, where they were going to Nevada or wherever yeah, it was. Yeah, because I mean, like you watch like the Tombstone, Wyatt Earp, and them. You know, they all their women that were ended up being their wives were women that they met at like a whorehouse or whatever. You know, and they, yeah. I mean, she was she was headed that way. She didn't have anybody with her, and you know, she. Who, I mean, who knows? She she wasn't married or anything. It's not like women were all that much into business or whatever in 1865. So the business is selling that snatch. Well, yeah. So, yeah. Um, but the 
uh, you know, there's some actual like, you know, Hawks. I think is pretty straightforward with the way he shoots things. But uh, there were I like there was a couple scenes where you know I, I like the little special effects and stuff they did with the like the flaming arrow that came into the camera yeah. and um, that was pretty cool. But the the kind of the the way they I guess the I don't know the I don't know the word I'm looking for. I guess the production of trying to get a lot of these shots together because they're really using these giant herds of cattle mm. and they're had they had to have had somebody with some know-how there because I mean they're crossing them over rivers and shit and Well they even said I mean, that one of the big problems was just dust. They would oh, have yeah. to spray the stuff down with water so that you know so they could shoot because when the cattle were moving it would kick up so much dust that you probably couldn't even hardly see. But um, I, you know, that was impressive to me. The 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 uh, the parts with the actual actors riding and the fake horse under them, where they're just kind of like rocking back and forth, was pretty silly looking. But um, you know, the wide shots with the, with all the cattle uh, crossing over plains or water or whatever, that was pretty cool. So, um, but yeah, the the, the I, I like I do also like the John Wayne stuff where he shows more than the one dimension. So yeah, I dug this quite a bit because of that. The, um, and I didn't know what exactly this made me look up what the Chisholm trail actually was. Uh, I didn't realize the Chisholm trail was, was the one they were creating on the way there. And then (laughs) (laughs) on the Hershey highway, they they, they took the Hershey highway and then diverted to the Chisholm trail. (laughs) Out there alone, man, you know, yeah, you know, men it, it, alone. It could stay. It could stay out there. Nobody has to know. Just keep it a secret. Hell, if I was young, you know, shit, I'd be out there. Nobody around except the cattle. You know, I'd crank one out. <laughs> but you know, I I, I learned like, a little history this cow, too. Man, <laughs> what the fuck? It's crap! All of this. This cow. isn't a brand. It just washes right off. No, that's my brand. Um. Yeah, that's about it. I don't have much else to add. It's a, but it's a, it's a good little movie or a big movie. <laughs> I liked it. Yeah, what do you rate it? Uh, probably like an eight point seven five. Yeah, yeah, it's a classic, I'm, man. I'm right there with you. I, I'm at eight point five. I'd never seen this before. Um, the, um, I, I, you know what? I was thinking one thing. I, I could remember. I knew I was going to make some brilliant point, but we. This is our second Montgomery Cliff movie. It is. We did uh, from here to eternity. Yep. Yeah. I'd like to I mean, watch some fir- more of his stuff. You know, our first John Wayne movie. Yeah. See, and I, and I'll tell you, unless somebody tells me otherwise, I typically skip over John Wayne movies A lot because of people of the, do, do these days yeah. just because of either him <coughs> fucking duck, him being a his politics being kind of douchebaggery <laughs> or, and also just because he's kind of, uh, I don't know. There's more, but like I said, I mean, if you watch his movies, there's more there. There's some good stuff. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I think that, uh, it's, it's kind of like Charlton Heston, um, playing a Mexican. Well, no, the way he got where, you know, he was like out of my cool dead hands and all this NRA <laughs> Republican stuff. And then people were like, you know, fuck Charlton Heston. Or, and I know a lot of people that wouldn't watch Rock Hudson movies, not because he's gay, but just because uh, you know, it was more because of the time. And they don't think that, you know, eh, it's Rock Hudson. You know, he did, he wasn't a great actor in this snap. But then if you watch Ice Station Zebra 
or Giant with him, James Dean, and stuff like that. There's some good stuff there. I think some of those guys from that era get uh, kind of pushed to the side because their movies were huge and they were these big stars and people like to go for more of the a little bit more obscure and try and yeah. find something, you know, a little bit. But like I said, you can't, I, I don't know too many film geek, film nerd cinephiles that wouldn't say like this movie or the searchers or whatever that are. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, true grit and all of those, the, the movies that I, I, I finally do end up seeing of his, I typically enjoy, but I, I, like I said, I've not seen many of his other, like the more Hollywood fair yeah. where he would just be the white hat, you yeah. know? So, Anyway, but I give it an 8.5. I'm right there with you. I like this quite a bit. I, I uh, got a little emotional there. I like all the characters. It was a fun, fun ride. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's take a break and come back and do another fun ride. It feels Lone like Star. it's weird that we're taking a break because we just had the... Uh, yeah, the, the restart yeah, break. That's all right. We'll actually break for about five seconds. Yeah, these people we'll be right back. <laughs> There are a lot of podcasts out there that do science fiction, horror, and fantasy movies, but how many of them are done by somebody who's been watching this shit for half a century? Hi, my name's Terry Frost, and I do the Martian Driving Podcast, a podcast where I look at silent films all the way through to movies from the second decade of the 21st century. I look at fantasy, horror, and science fiction, and talk about them, sometimes with the guests, sometimes by myself, but always with an eye to the stuff that maybe has slipped off your radar if it was ever on your radar. So go to marsdrivein.blogspot.com or type Martian Drive-In Podcast into iTunes and enjoy a bit of decent genre talk. And keep watching the skies. Zahn, would you care to synopsize? Okay. Okay. When the skeleton of his murdered predecessor is found, Sheriff Sam Deeds unearths many other long-buried secrets <laughs> in his Texas border town. Written and directed by Mr. John Sales, making his return to the show... Been a long time. We did Mate One. That's the, that's what we did. That's the only thing we did by did him. Did we do Men of War with Dolph? Yeah. I did he write he that? Wrote that. He didn't. Direct yeah. I think he himself. writes like bullshit to kind yeah. of fund the projects he wants to do. Um, but this is mainly starring Chris Cooper and uh, kind of Elizabeth Pena. Mm-hmm. Um, you got Matthew McConaughey and Chris Christopherson in there as flashback supporting characters. Matthew McConaughey's got like three lines in the whole movie, yeah. and he's young looking. Yeah, he is. Um, so you got um, 
Well, the, when the movie opens, you have these two kind of they seem like bumbling guys. I'll tell you, the intro made me think like a like a Coen Brothers movie. Yeah, yeah. Because these guys are kind of awkward, and they're out there. One is looking at plants, and he's trying to tell about like you wouldn't know the difference between blah blah, blah and a prickly pear. And the other guy's not even paying attention. He's using a, um, a metal detector, looking for bullets or something, and um, they find a, a skeleton kind of that has. I guess the wind has uncovered it after years. A skull is really all he finds. And then he finds this really corroded, rusty star badge. And then it has that like very loud, like twangy music with the with the uh stylized credits. And is it it did. Like the Cohen brothers could have done the intro to this movie. Now the rest of it does not feel like a Cohen Brothers movie really. But um it started off like that. But um as I said, they, they they come across the skull and they um, they call the cops and uh, the the Chris Cooper is the is the cop that shows up. He's a sheriff in Rio County. I don't know. Do they ever say the name of the town they're in, or are they even in a town? I'm not sure. Don't but um, he he comes out there and they kind of establish this. Uh, well, I guess they assume it's at least where the result of a murder ended up, and. We get the credits, and then we start with the flashbacks. And this movie relies on these a lot because it um, we're getting simultaneous stories. And we're not just getting two, which is what I think is kind of uh, near masterful about this movie is the way there is... I mean, we have Colonel Payne. We have The Deeds. We have Pena... We have and and her mom. I mean, you've got three or four stories happening in present day and forty years prior that all end up getting tied together. Which I was, you know, as I'm watching, I'm like, okay, how's this going to be related to this? And it all worked, and it's it's very impressive. But um, the when Cooper starts, he you know he's taking it on himself to figure out what's going on, and they show him. Cleaning up this, I guess, do they show them unearthing the skeleton? Like, they're kind of, like, getting it out of the dirt. But they, you know, they they dissolve off all the corrosion, and they see that it's a Rio County badge. And when he's, when Cooper starts investigating, he's questioning, you know, first, guys that would have been around probably when this skeleton found its way there. Because where it is is on a, it used to be on a rifle range at... A military base and the rifle range i guess the dates of when it would have been used versus not to help them determine maybe how long the skeleton had been there so he comes to the guys that would have been around at the time one of which is the mayor uh, what was his name hollis hollis clifton james um <laughs> his imdb picture is funny um but so uh, Clifton James is the mayor and was a deputy sheriff at the time when um, Chris Cooper's dad, Buddy Deeds, was also a, that's played by Matthew McConaughey, who was also a deputy sheriff, and they were all underneath Chris Christopherson's character, Charlie Wade. So already Cooper is, or his name is Sam Deeds. Sam is... Um, already suspecting that this body by talking to these gentlemen blogs to Charlie Wade because Charlie Wade at one point 
we learn from a flashback story, disappeared with about $10,000 worth of uh, county money, and nobody ever saw him again. And he was a prick. And he was the king prick. Yeah. Um, Snake. Charlie Wade, uh, Chris Christopherson does a great job. He is a shit. <laughs> he, he's bad news. Um, he, he has this long Colt pistol that he carries and does not afraid to just fucking just put it against somebody's face or head or he just kicks the shit out of everybody. He's very corrupt. He just goes around. He get, collects money from people, kind of shaking them down for protection or, you know, because they have no choice otherwise. Um, and he's a rugged individualist. He is. He, he He's a bootstrapper. Yeah. But... W- as we start to get this story unfolding, we also learn that Sam had some he has some he has some daddy issues like the Silva and Gold boys. He has he's his uh his memories of his dad aren't quite as uh as rose colored as all the people that still live in Rio County. So which, not spoiling. which really gets under his skin. You know, the, the, yeah, because well, everybody he goes and talks to to try to get information about this is like, oh, this county wouldn't be what it is without Buddy Deeds. And your mother, she was a saint. And like, His that's dad er- is like John Wayne. Yeah, he's a, he's a legend, Buddy Buddy Deeds. Um, but he has he has a different view of him. And at the same time, this is going on, where he's walking around, where he's going around doing the questioning, trying to figure out this. This is not spoiling anything to say that he immediately assumes because of the story that he's told about this disagreement that Wade and uh, and Buddy Deeds had, um, that Buddy Deeds is the one that shot Charlie Wade. Um, so while he's questioning people, finding out information about this, we have some scenes with the school board. Elizabeth Pena is a teacher. Now, I'll tell you, there was a show that came on for like half a season uh, where she played a, like a, a maid hmm. and this guy married her to keep her like, in the country, but they had to keep it secret from everybody. <laughs> I don't remember the name of it. It, only, it didn't last long at all. <laughs> but for some reason, I was like totally in love with her when I was like 12 years old. Really? I don't thought she was so gorgeous when I was that age. I don't know what it was. Um, I mean, she's not, she wasn't a bad looking woman. She died last year. Huh. I don't know what of. That sucks. She was only like 50-something. Uh, let's see. I don't know what she died of. Um, maybe it was her voice or something. But something about her was always sexy to me. Especially at a 12 years old for some reason when I saw her on TV. But, um, but she's a school teacher, but she's also on the... I don't know if it's the parent-teacher board or whatever it is. Um, she is... Uh, Mexican-American, as as is her mother, who is a business owner in the town. Well, obviously, I guess if she, <laughs> if she is, her mom is. But um, so there's the conversation there they're having with all of these, like, the the hicks in this Texas town saying, you know, even though even though we learn that the, the population there is about 10% white and about 90% Hispanic, um, when they bring up that about maybe the history books aren't quite what you know accurate maybe we need to present a more complete picture and they're like remember the alamo you know and that whole argument Deep in the heart of texas right 
Pee Wee. So, It'd been funny if fucking Pee Wee would have showed up because he had a connection with uh, Chris Christopherson. Yeah, Did he? Big Top Pee Wee. Uh, you know what? I haven't seen that since it was first came out on video. As many times as I saw Pee Wee's Big Adventure, I've only seen Big Top Pee Wee once. Pour that beer, Pee Wee. <laughs> um, <laughs> so. so we 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 get this we get a tie we get a, we start to get a story with Pena not only at school and the people arguing that we also get um we start to learn about her relationship with her mother their past and also we get introduced to Colonel Payne Colonel Payne Major Payne <laughs> Colonel Payne yeah, Major they could have had Pee Wee in this and they could have had that what's his face what's the hell what was that guy's <laughs> name. Wayans Damon Wayans. Yeah. Yeah. It would have made for um, a different movie. And had Matthew McConaughey play the pothead from Daisy Confused. Math- Matthew McConaughey somehow does not take his shirt off in this movie. I guess he wasn't in it long enough. Maybe in the extended cut. You can't always get what somewhere. you want. <laughs> <laughs> um, he was a freaking so, cool, cool cucumber. This is the first thing I think I ever saw him in. It's early. Contact might have been the first thing yeah, I ever I saw him in, which is a couple years after this. You might like that one. It's a char- char- uh, uh, Sagan wrote oh. it. Well, he wrote yeah, the book that it was based on. I don't know if he wrote the script. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> so what we get with all of these stories kind of getting woven together is this kind of, uh, which I thought was the super interesting part, was about how, I guess, subjective history can be. And everybody's bias of where they are in life presently in this movie kind of colors their belief of their past that their family or whoever lived. And so everybody has their own past, but since it's such a small town, it all ends up tied together. You know, Chris Cooper, you know, or, or Sam has the, you know... He's very against his dad, and we it, and it takes a while to find out what exactly happened. He wants to for deconstruct that legend so bad, yeah, and not just for himself. He wants everybody to know, you know, this guy was this. Yeah. Hey, he wants he wants to expose his father for being a prick, or you know, yeah, and um, the you know every everybody has fond memory, even though. You know, he's such a legend, even though uh, people knew about some checkered stuff. And, and the way, you know, they talk about um, Buddy Deeds and how he kind of kept things segregated. And you're like, you don't know whose side you need, you're supposed to be on exactly, because everybody remembers him such, in, in such a way. And we get, we get little snippets of the racial relations in this town and how the whites mistreat uh, blacks, how blacks mistreat each other, and why the, you know we get a little talk about um, why an African American would be in the military, and you know a bunch of commie horse shit. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, <laughs> but maybe you know maybe because of this small town, maybe deeds in the way that he kept things apart, separate. Maybe he's a re- maybe he's part of the reason why the the town still as it is as it is and not as integrated as maybe it should be. Well, then you had um, Chris Christopherson was such a prick, so feared and so hated that mm-hmm. even though Buddy 
was still corrupt on a certain level. He right. he knew how to um he knew how to politic right, better. Exactly. He didn't he didn't rule with a with an iron yeah. fist. It was more of a kind of like uh well, he was a cool cucumber, yeah. man. Nobody would mess um, nobody wanted to mess with him. He but, but they uh but he wasn't the kind of person that uh you know, was good, like you said, throw his weight around and like a bully. Yeah, and 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 Charlie Wade was the epitome of bully. Ugh. What a what a oh god, he's disgusting. Jerk. <laughs> and Christopherson does an amazing job with it, and the the shit you find out that he did to everybody. Um, and uh, the the what's what's you know this is this uh, at his heart this is a murder mystery. And there's a lot I would like to talk about, but this is kind of one of those things that there's a lot of parts that rely on other parts that rely on other parts, and it's not overly complex. I've said it more than once. I'm not the smartest guy on earth on here, and I was able to still follow along, but everything just gets woven together so well, and uh, you know, I just like that whole like the buddy deeds mystique and the... That uh, the fact that this is not just a, a simple well, there's really nothing simple about a fifty year old or forty year old murder mis- murder, but it's not just a murder mystery. It has the, all this social stuff that kind of gets tied into it, um, and the characters are all I, I thought really good. I really like the uh, the one old lady that plays Game Boy. <laughs> I, thought, I thought that was pretty funny when Sam goes to talk to her and she's like, "You ever played one of these?" <laughs> She's like, don't start. I just sit down, and three hours later, I'm still, yeah. Um, but there's a lot of cool little lines in it. I like the, um, I like how everybody keeps trying to talk Sam out of digging too deep. Um, the, the mayor has this one great moment when he's sitting in his boat. He says, look at all this, tackle, boat, all this stuff, it, to catch this little old fish at the bottom of a lake that's minding his own yeah. business. And it hardly seems worth the effort. And the, you know the, the 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 Native American that he goes to see at the little store, and he talks about like maybe he should have like because he has a story about this rattlesnake that almost bit his face, and he's like maybe I should have just left it there. Like the fact that I went digging had something come back and bite me. And um, you know, not to spoil anything, but that 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 all ties in, and it's it's I. <laughs> I'll just say the there's a reveal near the end that I was like, oh fuck. <laughs> Here again. Um, what's that? Yeah. Um Yeah, it's kinda like one of those so, ones you kinda like if people haven't seen it, you wanna kinda tiptoe a little bit. Yeah, well there's a lot I want to tiptoe around because I I like I like everybody's every all these different character stories and how we are we're not given much at all the way this movie starts is very vague and we are not only learning slowly putting together the past through conversations and things that are going on we're seeing what's going on presently and then they all get tied together and it's just i don't know it's pretty it's pretty great do you um, think john sales has jumped the shark because I've heard some people say that he was a one-trick pony and he hasn't done anything. I mean, well, in a, I mean, in a while and you know nothing. I'll, I'll tell you, I haven't seen. This is the most recent of his movies that I've seen. 
Um, I the only movies that I have seen are the two we've done for this show, this and Mate One and Eight Men yep. Out. And those are these all all three of them are fucking great. Yeah, and I've now I now own, as I was telling you, um, the one he did in 1999 called Limbo, and another one called City of Hope. And I haven't seen either. I heard Passion Fish is really good too. So I guess we've done three John three John Sales movies since he wrote Men of War with Dolph. Yeah. <laughs> Dolph. Um, I like Dolph. But I want you to start filling in some stuff because eh. I don't plot wise it's going to be hard to to skirt to skirt around. Oh, and another thing I'll add, I really like the chemistry with Cooper and Pena in this. I thought they were really good together. Um, there's a good scene. With uh, I like the line where she, where he she's like looking at him. She's like, "So what are we going to do about all this?" And he said, "More, I hope." Yeah. <laughs> and but the you know that's it's a it's a they they're kind of playful together. But there's a there's that tension between them, and there's a past. It's they do they do a really good job with the two of them. I thought I like um, the Cooper, I've heard, I remember when he first came on the scene, and I think this was like one of the first things that um, I remember him getting really, you know, uh, noticed, real good reviews really noticed. Mm-hmm. And someone, they actually said, uh, I just remember this, I don't know if it's Premier Magazine or whatever, they called him the poor man's Harrison Ford. Now, <laughs> he... Well, he was in. Um, wasn't was he in Eight Man Out? No, he would have been a little young, I think. No, well, maybe not. Well, well he was in Eight Man Out. Was he was? Uh, yeah, he was the union. Guy. Yeah, but he was young yeah. in that. I thought he was in Eight Man Out. Maybe not. I guess he could have been because they he, they would have been all young guys but, playing um, baseball. He Let me see. Mate one is his of course his first. Uh, well, movie. maybe that maybe it was it was mate one was the first thing that that he really think got big notice and they said you know poor man's Harrison Ford blah blah blah. Um, mm-hmm. He was perfect for this role because he is playing the son, like you said, of a legend. So it'd be like a, if you were the son of John Wayne or the son of Robert Mitchum, and you're living in that shadow, and you're constantly hearing these stories, but. You're your own person. You're hearing about, yeah, your dad went in and these guys were doing this and he just knocked this shit out of him or he did that and da 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 and everything. And, you know, you yourself would love to be that person, but you're not that person. Uh, yeah. And he's more of a sensitive kind of a, a guy. He's not like a big physical tough guy. Actually, you know, as far as being a, a sheriff, well, he even says to him, says himself, they said about, you know, having the job as sheriff. He said the only reason that he had that job was because they wanted he he ran on pretty much his with his dad on his dad's name. Yeah, he didn't even seem like. Yeah, he, even he said, really I'm just a jailer. He goes, I really don't even, you know, but but he's also to me. um there, there would be times in certain situations where someone like his dad, you'd want a guy like that. But yeah, uh, 
Chris Cooper's character is more like Andy and Mayberry, you know, uh, Andy Griffith, you know, he's uh, <laughs> uh, the kind of guy that the people like, and he's not going to uh, smash somebody over the head or, uh, you know, be a badass. So I like mm-hmm. that. Um, even though Christofferson's character is only in this for a relatively small amount of time at flashbacks. Yeah, only maybe he 10 towers. minutes. The, 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 the one thing I always remember about this movie is Chris Christopherson. That smug fucking look on his bastard, face. All... Man, it was unbelievable. Ugh. But I think he was from, actually from Texas, so I'm pretty sure he probably had some... Uh, some uh, things to draw on in his past yeah. as far as uh, dealing with people like that, considering that after he got out of the army and everything, he was kind of a hippie. And yeah, he might be a commie pinko anyway. He is the commie pinko. I love Chris Christopher. Yeah. What was, what was the, was it the uh, walk, walk hard? No, not walk hard. Jesus, the comedy, the one with uh, Joaquin Phoenix where they show it's, they have Chris Christopherson and, um, not Waylon Jennings, Merle Haggard smoking pot oh, in the yeah. hotel. Uh, what was that? Walk the line. What, the, what was the, the name line. of that movie? Yeah. Walk the um, line. Yeah. Walk hard, the Dewey Cox <laughs> story. Well, <laughs> um, I like the commentary on you know the racial stuff, even to the lesser characters. Like you were talking about the, mm-hmm. the character actor that was out there talking about the cactus with his buddy that found uh, Charlie Wade's skeleton. Um, he had, was in an interracial relationship with the, this uh, lady, in the um, officer in the military. And, you know, that yeah. was just kind of a, 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 you know, it was just kind of thrown in there. But, I mean, it was kind of a nice thing that here they are, you thought, because they're on on the base dealing with some issues going on on the base, and then the next thing you know, they're sitting in a diner across from each other, and he's like, you know, I want to marry you, and and she said, you know, well, I don't know if they the army would like that or whatever. He goes, I don't care, you know, and uh, oh, there's that guy that makes the comment. It's always heartwarming to see a prejudice defeated <laughs> by a deeper prejudice, because <laughs> like she she was like the woman was saying that. Uh, her family would probably be okay that she's marrying a white guy because everybody in her family thinks she's <laughs> yeah. a lesbian. <laughs> They'd be happier yeah, that she yeah. married a white guy than a, than a I woman. I mean, there yeah. were things like that. Um, you, you had uh, even showing the prejudice of a uh, bootstrapping, uh, pull-yourself-up-by-your-bootstraps Latina woman and then her dealing, looking down her nose at, uh, you know. Uh, oh, and the reveal we get with her is really good, too. Across it, you know, uh, but then, you know, it's like, well, wait a minute. You know, now I, I see, I mean, you see that so much in life where I, in my own personal experience, you know, someone that say at a job or or that you went to school with that were exactly just like you were on the same level and then once they move up as soon as they get to where they're they're above the uh, every everybody else they start looking down their nose at other people you know and, and yeah. that's a chris christopherson song 
uh, one of the lyrics was, everybody's got to have somebody to look down on. You know, the song mm-hmm. Jesus was a Capricorn. That's that song. But um, it, it's, it's just funny how uh, this all plays out. And that's one thing I like about sales is, is that like he went to West Virginia and he, you know, uh, they did mate one and he got the feel of that and the people that live here and everything so well. But then he goes to Texas and he gets the Tex-Mex kind of flavor down there and the the old school, you know, kind of redneck kind of a thing. And then you have the, the Latina thing. And I, and I like when, uh, when uh, Sam goes across the border uh, to go and, you know, talk to some people. And the one guy says, see, that he goes, he makes a line in the dirt and he says, Oh, yeah, with his coat model, right yeah. there. He goes, you know, you don't, it doesn't mean you may be sheriff up there, but it doesn't mean shit down here. Yeah. And, the, and like, they talk about like the, the, and I saw some similarities with this. And when I was watching touch of evil, cause it's kind of that same thing where right. they're hopping back and forth across the border and like who has press, who has authority where. And, but you know, he, he, in this one, the guy, that Mexican guy he's talking to, he talks about the birds. Like, you know, the birds don't have a border. When they fly right. over, are they Mexican or are they well, American? Well, it's the same thing with that uh, that documentary, Narco uh, Cultura. Uh, one of the, the police that um, was in Juarez, you know, it's like uh, people getting killed all the time down there, blah, 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 blah. Uh, but they would show him... And he would drive across the border into into Texas, and he'd be at like some mall in the middle of the day. It reminded me of Max Cherry and Jackie Brown. He's like by himself, and the mall's kind of empty, but mm-hmm. he's walking around. He sits at the food court by himself, and everything's so quiet and peaceful. But then he goes back across the border where there's all these murders. But even with that, um, that's his home. The culture, yeah. the language is completely different. The culture is completely different. Uh, you know, you go across the border into Texas and say you buy a house that costs two hundred thousand dollars, but then you go across right across this line in the dirt or right across the river, and you could buy a house for probably two thousand dollars. You know, um, mm-hmm. it's it's very interesting, and I like how sales captures that and. Um, Everybody wants to hang on to who they are, but just the fact that they live together, like um, Pena's mother, they had moved across the border. And she said, she goes, you know, I want to go down to uh, back where we came from and see the place. And her mother's like, why do I want to go there? You know, she wants to like put the, the, she's like, like I said, up on this. And and I don't blame her to a point, but she did look that like she anybody else that wanted to come across the border to start a new life, she looked down on. She would call the border patrol on them, and that was kind yeah. of bullshit. But I, I I like that moment when she has that like mm-hmm. clarity. Um, it's you know it's it, it you know in her story and. Um. Yeah. yeah, it's good. It's it, that was that was a good and and you know she's you know she's kind of a she's kind of a bitch you know a lot because she's always like you know forcing her people that work with her we're in America yeah. speak English kind of thing yeah and she's you no know, that and 
then the whole I don't know. I, I like I said, right. it's hard to talk about without <laughs> spoiling little twists. But so. it's a good movie. It's um, there was one. Well, I think it was Mate One was the one that was. It wasn't even out on DVD. And it's like this thing got like you know put up for awards and everything else, and you know then it, it just kind of. Yeah, I don't think I don't know if Mate One still has. I know yeah, it doesn't. And have there's a still people release. that I know that are like, well, you know, what are you talking about? And that movie was so fucking good. Now Eight Men Out is is was available. You know, it had but it had like a, a pretty yeah. all star cast. You know, uh, and yeah. and you know people in it that even went further and further and further. Uh, this one is still one that. I really like, but I don't think it, it, um, I think there's a lot of people that missed it too, you know, uh, but yeah. maybe, you know, sales, he, I, I hope he can, I mean, he's, I don't know, let's see, does he have anything coming out here? Like I said, the last thing I saw that, that uh, he, that I looked up was, uh, he was, he's writing a TV yeah, movie currently. He was doing, um, he did a movie with, uh, is it, I think Bradford Dillahunt, Ami- is that Amigo? Uh, well, he wrote and directed Go for Sisters. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. It has Edward James Olmos uh, and a lot of but, people. But uh, the of. Amigo uh, actually has Chris Cooper, Bradford Dillahunt, or Garrett Dillahunt. I'm sorry, why do I keep saying Bradford? Um, and it's uh, about, uh, I think, the America in uh, the Philippines, like the military back in probably, I don't know, 1800 or something. Looks like Teddy Roosevelt kind of territory. But uh, you know, I'd mm-hmm. like to check that out. I mean, who knows? Maybe, maybe he has jumped there. But, but I think the guy is talented enough that you know, like he wrote and directed that. And like I said, you know, you take like something like Men Men of War with uh, Dolph, and he wrote that, but somebody <laughs> else directed it. Uh, I think if he has, yeah, Piranha, if he has total control, you know, I, I'm howling. interested. Yep. So, yeah. Cool. Um, let's rate it. Uh, this this movie is is was pretty fantastic. Um, I wish I hadn't put it off for so long, um, but like I said, this finally it's forced me to go find some more and not just rely on the show to watch. Them. So um, I give this a nine point two five. I really oh. like it. Yeah, I'll give it. Oh, yeah. and one more one more thing. The you you, you were yeah, nine point two five also. I'll hang right there with you. Um, the way I tell you, the one thing I, before I forget, though, I really like the way also that he um, knits past and present. There's a lot of shots where somebody will be talking and the camera will turn and you'll see yeah. the past happening like as uh, like the tortillas. You'll see it at the beginning of the thing where he's like, uh, they were sitting around a table or uh, at a basket of tortillas like this. And the guy's hand picks up a tortilla. And then the next hand that comes in is a hand yeah. that's 40 years ago or 50 years ago. Well, you know. uh, I always like asking this question to you. Not that I'm putting you on the spot okay. or anything. Um, what didn't you like about it that would drop it from, say, like a 10 to a 9.25? I don't know. It's for when if I'm talking anything nine and above, really, it's more of a right. feeling of the movie. Is this something um, that you would revisit? I would revisit this before I would revisit. Would you Nate revisit one. it before you would revisit Avengers two? Okay. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Right. No, I just sometimes you know. But I, I might. I'm just. I, I. It's. It's curious to say. Okay. Is there anything like was how was the length? The length I thought was fine in this. Um, 
a lot of the times if I would drop a movie from what I would consider perfect, it would be because it felt too long. This one didn't really feel too long. And I think sales works in this length. Usually like his movies all seem to be right at about two hours long, just a, a few minutes longer typically. But, um, this one could have felt rushed with all of the that's stuff one, that's one going thing, on. Okay. I like that they covered a lot of different things, but I mm-hmm. wonder if maybe they covered too much. Like they they had the uh like I said, the African American uh the the pain soldier that and, if anything, that could yeah, have been the left interracial out. thing with, with that with with the African American uh, lady and guy that were in the military, uh, the pains thing. Um, I don't remember his. Uh, the I don't one remember thing the, I liked about that was it, you had okay, you had father son with Cooper and McConaughey, and you had father son with and father son with Colonel Payne and like him yeah, finding who his and father then, is um, and yeah. You had the generational thing, the mother and the Pena lady. Um, yeah. So, but but it's that's that's one thing that I think it's not that it was bad. I like that stuff, but it's almost like they he was throwing a lot of stuff in there. But but the fact that he yeah, got it to work yeah. is what 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 makes it. Like I'm not putting saying. anything down. That's not even anything oh, yeah. that bad. I'm just trying to think of things that were kind of like eh, you know. But anyway, yeah. that's it. Cool. Definitely seek this one out. Um, let's take a break. And no feed sack this week, but we got a few questions on the Facebook group that we'll answer. answer. So we'll be right back with that. <laughs> I'm not answering <laughs> shit. We'll be right back. Son, it's time we have a talk. About what, Dad? Well, son... Pretty soon you'll want to look at naked girls. Some movies have lots of naked girls and things that make you feel strange. Mm, like Sasha Grey videos? <laughs> oh, you've got to start off slow, son. Save the triple penetration gangbangs for when you get old and miserable. Savor the sight of bare breasts from a bygone era before they were Google away. Supper time, you two. And remember... No incestuous roughies or rapey pink films until after dinner. (laughs) (laughs) The Trashy Trio, covering Euro sleaze, Japanese pink films, American roughies, or any other sordid entertainment that comes their way. The Trashy Trio, a podcast to listen to while alone. With headphones on. Probably in your closet. Under some covers. Alright, feed sack. Wait, question time. No feed sack. Um, and thank you. Uh, shout out to Josh from Trashy Trio because without him, the show might have been broken again. I don't know if you saw me posting about that last week, Zom. Um, about a year ago, we had this thing with the website where it got all fucked up and 
people couldn't download the show. Oh, well, it I happened again. That. Yeah, it happened again the other day, and um, Josh took time out of his busy schedule with school and shit to help us out again and, and figure out what the hell is going on egg. on the website. So he is a good egg, that guy. So thank you for that. Um, all right. So did we decide? Do you want to read the questions? Right, I'll right. read them. They're right here. For me. Or all right, I'll read them. All right. So Gronky asks. Malcolm McDowell, good actor or bad actor? Hmm. What do you think? Well, I'm going to look at some I of his movies. I think that uh, he's a good actor. I don't know if he's a great actor. Uh, my friend Diane uh, loves Malcolm McDowell. Um, I think mm-hmm. he is, is like a became a big check casher. There's nothing wrong with that. Yes, definitely. Uh, Hmm. And speaking of check casher, there's Ju- Justin is Justin also asks Eric Roberts <laughs> is or what 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 was how how did he word this? Is Eric Roberts the fucking man? So maybe this could be a similar uh-huh. kind of conversation. <laughs> um No, I think he's a good actor. Yeah, he's, he's definitely he a good actor. I mean, crap and you know, but then we going to do? It's easy to make some crap, but I'll tell you, even in the crap, like even his voice acting, I think is pretty good. Like he's done some DC stuff, and um, he he's not afraid to go for it, even in movies that are obviously just <laughs> shit. So, um, you know, he's got a he 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 was in a movie called Suck. Suck. I think I saw that movie. Though. That was good. <laughs> it must have been a vampire movie. Yeah, it is. He played he played Eddie Van Helsing. Eddie Van Helsing. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think he's a good actor. I don't think he's a bad actor. And is Eric Roberts yes. the fucking man? Eric Roberts was I the fucking like man. I still like Eric Roberts. He he's in some shit, but that's you know it's just his thing. And uh, but I I uh, I like him. Yeah, he's a cool. He's I'm cool trying to too. See. Like, oh my god, he's got so many. Projects in post production. Jesus Christ! Okay, I'm look. How is this possible? Like I have to scroll down literally like three times on his IMDb to get the stuff that's not even out yet. He's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty, twenty-one, twenty-two, twenty-three, twenty-four, twenty-five, twenty-six. Okay, he is up. Close to forty projects in 2015, and I still, I still would watch an, an uh, uh, incest-themed movie with him and Julia Roberts. I would, still... man. I'd like to be in it. <laughs> Who would you? Oh, fuck I'd first? fuck her. I mean, I'm, I'm straight, but I mean, I would do a threesome. I would watch him and her fuck too, and and just wank. <laughs> um She's a all right bitch. that makes it even hotter <laughs> um, so uh steven asked uh, your favorite uh guillermo, guillermo del toro film hellboy i love hellboy and hellboy i wish they would you. make hellboy three is it in work uh ron perlman is trying to get the internet buzz to uh kick up because he wants 
Another yeah. check casher. I, I mean, I like the second one. <laughs> I love Hellboy. I like the first one and the second one. My favorite is still Pan's Labyrinth. No, I've never seen him. it. I own it, but I've never seen it. Oh man, it's yeah. You want you want a uh, a fucker in a movie. The the guy in this one. Um, let me get his name. General something. There's a there's a guy in it that's General Rex. Like the um, or no, that was in uh, WCW. <laughs> Huge erection. What was that um, group called? The New Something Soldiers or something? Oh, with the uh, Master P and the. Well, they had they had Hugh Morris, they had Chavo Junior, and they were all soldiers. The no huh? limit soldiers. Maybe that's the what no it limit was. Soldiers? One of them was huge, huge erection, or general erection, and then they had uh, Van Hammer. I think was in it. Private Stash. Ray Mysterio, somebody named Swole. Swole. Swole was Master the P's like bodyguard or something in real life when they decided. And then the no. uh, West Texas Rednecks, the the uh, they were supposed to be the bad guys, but because WCW was like uh, redneck based, they ended up hating <laughs> the African American guys that were supposed to be. Yeah, no limit and they soldiers. loved the rednecks, so it didn't work. Whatever. Oh well. That's wrestling talking. Um, dumb wrestling. Oh, <laughs> yeah, you'll 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 dig that one. You should check it. out Pants. I Labyrinth. got it. I just haven't watched it. Watch it. Um, let's see. Armin asks, "Are you looking more forward to Star Wars Episode Seven or the new Tarantino Jeez. film?" It's easily Star Wars for me because honestly, I know nothing about the new. Well, Tarantino I'll say film. this. Um, if George Lucas was it. making the new Star Wars movie, if he was directing it, I would say definitely Tarantino. But because somebody else is doing it, and I... Yeah, J.J. Abrams. Uh, yeah, Star Wars. Yeah, I'm on board with Star Wars. All right, last one. Uh, Hank asks, your favorite 80s TV favorite show? favorite 80s TV show. How about this? How about your favorite 80s TV show then and your favorite 80s TV show now? One of my favorite shows back then was Wise Guy, which starred Ken Wall. And it was the first time I ever saw Joan Severance, who was so fucking hot that I almost pissed myself. Uh, And it was (laughs) the first thing I ever saw Kevin Spacey in. Kevin Spacey Mm -hmm. and Joan Severance were Mel and Susan Prophet, and uh, they were criminal... Was Joan Severance the one that was in the yes, Hulk Hogan movie? Yes, and she was like the what, in, blue scorpion or black scorpion. Or, but oh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I'm telling you, um, she was so fucking hot. It was unbelievable. She did a Playboy spread. She was fucking hot. And Spacey played her brother, Mel Prophet, who was this criminal mastermind. But they were incestuous, and they were brother and sister. So that made it even better. <laughs> uh it was a good show, and then uh, Ken Wall kind of held out, and then he destroyed his career, and blah blah. Now, I also mm-hmm. liked Fall Guy uh, mm-hmm. because of Lee Majors. I grew up watching Lee Majors on Big Valley, and then on Six Million Dollar Man. And I loved Heather Thomas was so hot that she made me piss my pants too. Loved them titties, <laughs> the poster, great body. Um, you know, there was a lot of them. Oh, it was was Cheers? That was a 
Yeah. Cheers was definitely eighties. Yeah, so, for, so I think I think then my favorite was Dukes of Hazard. I did not want to miss <laughs> that ever. And uh, now it's probably Cheers. Yeah. Cheers, I can always Dukes go back and rewatch. Dukes is it's that's a yeah. hard one to go revisit because every episode is kind of the same Dukes, shit. Though. But she looked good in Thunderbolt. Yeah. I still I still cannot figure out by the way the Dukes of Charlotte picture. I still have no idea yeah. who that dog is supposed to be. Who is Uncle Jesse? I thought it was Ole Anderson at first, but then I was like, Yeah, it's Ole. Are you sure? Is it yeah. an old picture of him? Okay. Um, cool. Yeah. That's it for the questions. Thank you, guys. Um, you can always send us feed sack to 206-339-1600 or silvergoldpodcast at gmail.com. Find our show on iTunes, on Stitcher Radio, and our website at silverandgold.com. And join our Facebook group where you can ask such awesome questions at facebook.com slash group slash Gold. We will announce soon on the Facebook group uh, what we're covering yes. next. And who won the Hopefully, Richie Sambora, um, Oh, the karaoke. I was thinking about karaoke I karaoke, but everybody was just fucking... I, I had an idea about karaoke. What if instead of saying this is the song we want people to sing, we'll just have a karaoke contest where they just sing whatever song they want to sing? Everybody's fucking. Maybe we could try try it, but I'm just. How about if we get it? Nobody will do shit. I still, I still have the DVDs uh, that I offered for the uh, like my favorite review. (laughs) Like, like two like, years ago. I don't um, fucking like Richie Sambor. And I'm like, it's a joke. It's not like I'm sending you a goddamn fucking gold-plated fucking whatever. You know? Uh, anyway. <laughs> um, so, yeah. We'll announce it on the group soon now that we're all bitter and pissed. Too, you know, our, our fans are more serious. They like to be serious. Yes. So next time we'll do... Uh, Keep we'll our do. money and uh, not give anybody. Not do karaoke. Yep. That's all that's right. Always, that's the best <laughs> that's contest. This week. Hopefully, hopefully we'll get the show out next week on time. Um, I am moving, so internet could be an issue. We'll hopefully get that sorted quickly. Nobody so, cares. Uh, anyway, what? Uh, until next time. This is hello. Samut. <laughs>